You're listening to ABQ Central. Well, to be fair. 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 With your host, Van Nunley and Fred Slow. <laughs> All right, this is going to be so good. 95.9 FM, 610, the sports animal. The cream of the crop. And talkabq.com. Turn it up. Good morning, Albuquerque. My name is Fred Slow. Alongside me, on assignment in Hextaff, Arizona. Alongside me, digitally. Yeah, buddy. Good morning, Van. How are you? What's up, my dude? Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so very much, my friend. Thank you so very much. It's nice to hear from you. It's good to see your face. You and I are... Looking each other through the world of digital video, but the listener is just getting us on the radio. So there yep. we go. So we're able to see there. Mike, Mike Vital on the ones and twos. You're back at the studio, Mike. How are you? Doing pretty good, thanks. Oh, okay. There you go. Short and sweet. In the future, y'all. That's, yeah, that's all it needs. It was, My uh, man is concise. Of, there you go. So the opposite of short and sweet this week for me man i tell you what, holiday weeks are about the longest week in my life i and in pre-covid like you get i don't know like all the weirdness of it right there's expectations and you gotta it and it's the weirdest week work-wise too because it hey i got it there's like nothing to do but i gotta hurry up and do everything because i have like the holiday coming black friday is here gotta gather with the family and there was none of that but i still felt like i was going crazy like i felt like there was too much holiday yeah, I'm a, I'm a big holiday guy, Fred. I am not going to lie. I'm going to come out right now and just say I love the holidays. I love spending unencumbered time with my family. Uh, and I like COVID holidays. Like, I've just been sitting around in my pajamas during the day. I rock the sweatpants. At night, I'm rocking the pajamas. I'm eating too much. I'm drinking too much. Fortunately, me and my daughter are exercising a little bit. But we're just sitting in here quarantining. I quarantined for two weeks to make sure I didn't give my mom and dad the Corvids, get them sick. And we've been quarantining while we're here. We haven't left the house at all. And we're just happy and healthy and safe and having fun with each other. So go 2020 Thanksgiving. Well, you did it about the safest way that you could do it because it was a uh... – it was before you left, you had taken like multiple weeks time to like stay away from everyone. And then you traveled to your immediate family, which also took the same precautions. And you guys are in like a bubble of holiday goodness. I, on the other hand, spent Thanksgiving with Star of TV and Radio KOB's very own Brandon Ortega. And it was just like like a little four person gathering. And it was it was really like mellow and nice. It was like watching like the Lobos be very uncompetitive. It was like watching, <laughs> it was, it was enjoying like all the si- And there was no weird pressures. There was no, like no one asking me about like ex-girl. No one asking me about like, um, how's the job hunt going? No one asked me about, do you need a second helping there? There was none of that stuff. So it was like the event itself was as mellow as a holiday gets, but like everything that surrounded it was like, Oh, we got to figure stuff out. First time in a long time, we got to start figuring it out again. And it was like, it was like all my routines gone. All my, 
all my expectation doesn't exist. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Like, I'm one of the few people, like, I was just talking about this yesterday, but I'm one of the few people whose job got better because of COVID, because it forced yeah. us to embrace technology, and it's made my life a little better. I mean, career-wise, that is. You know, it's, it's hard not seeing my family as much and seeing my friends as much and not being able to just snap my fingers and go out and do whatever I want. You know, there's no day baseball games. There's no sundown concerts, and I miss that. But beyond a couple of those things, like, I'm, I'm enjoying the new normal. Like, I, I like that we're forced to embrace technology and we're forced to, like, really choose what's important to us. No, I agree completely with what you're saying. Cause it's a, um, I don't know, it's it's a weird exposure, you know, because, like, you have so much, like, and we're going to take it to sports right now, obviously. You have so much routine that you kind of, I don't know, almost look past, like, what you're doing, right? Because there's, like, this expectation of, like, uh, hey, I know, you know, you got to get at the in-laws at this time. And I'm just going to talk specifically about the holiday. I know you took it a little bigger. But you have to get the in-laws at this time because you have to be able to catch, you know, the start of the – the parade and the dog show and all the football games. And it's just these things you've done for, you know, and, and we got to see Santa at the end of Macy. Got, but it was like none of that, you know, it was like, well, like I set up a zoom link with my family at home, you know, and it was like, Hey, you know, we got everyone in like one little room. And it was just like a, a fun excitement when I had concern, like gigantic concern that it would be, Oh, we're in month eight and no one really cares anymore. And this was exciting in the beginning everyone had a little bit of free time and this and that but i felt like the holiday was like a i don't know just reinvigoration of like the connection like the strong interpersonal connections that like these like at least my family has had um that we had like maybe at the beginning of the pandemic yeah for sure i mean and you know me like i've been taking the pandemic super seriously with you know my day job and you know elderly parents etc etc and i really was conflicted on whether I'm coming home for Thanksgiving or not because, you know, we have very strict orders in New Mexico and, you know, I'm going to have to quarantine again when I get back. And I have, right. like I said, I have, you know, my, I'm almost 40. So, you know, my parents are in their seventies. So I wanted to take it super seriously. And, you know, like I said, I wasn't sure if I was coming in the first place. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, I quarantined, I did everything right. I made sure I came, I came up here super healthy and kept everyone safe. And, you know, it's, it's weird. I mean, it's weird. I mean, this is obviously the first big holiday during the pandemic. And I think we did it right. And hopefully, loyal listener, you did as well. And you got to spend some time with your family whether it was gathered around the table or over a Zoom call, which we did a lot of that on Thanksgiving as well. No, I agree, I agree, man. And, like, and my week was a little bit big because you were out of town. So when you're out of town, I actually get work done, right? So I went in <laughs> to KKOB all week, and I did BV Tonight on Monday and Tuesday, um, which was a lot of fun because, you know, it's a little bit of a different vibe, you know, going from the sports talk that we traditionally do. So, like, instead of, like, the traditional, like, hey, let's hit, like, uh, you know, downs and distance and balls and strikes or whatever, it was me going to, like, um, it was me going to, like, hey, let's talk about the world. Let's talk about Albuquerque. Let's talk about going, what's going on. And 
Uh, did a really nice feature piece on Socorro. Did a really nice feature piece on, like, the mayor down there and what's going on as far as, like, their efforts in COVID-19 and helping Navajo Nation. So that was, like, a pretty good little exciting bit. If you wanted to catch that and you missed it, uh, that's actually on our website. That's on talkabq.com. So we put that in there. Uh, that was a good little bit. And then we also had – I also had on – the deputy director of health for the city of Albuquerque to talk about uh, expectations of the holidays. And, and it was like, it was very much like a paint a worst case scenario kind of thing. And then how your family would respond to that. So for instance, if you had not single action during Thanksgiving, then, and this is Dr. Dark Demera who, who works for the city. And he says, if you had not taken a single COVID precaution this time, like two weeks from Thanksgiving, he was like, he's like, there will not be enough hospital beds. There will not be enough safety. There will not be like, like Loveless will be making decisions on what to do here. So it was very much like, I don't know, just just a really important week for me because it had been, well, it had been since since before Albuquerque, we a radio setting that wasn't sports. So like, I don't know, kind of an exciting, fun thing. Uh, cool week, cool holiday week, and then and then we got to Thursday and, and the football was gone. Some of it was canceled. And then I had to watch the Lobos, and that was as excruciating as it gets. And we'll talk about that with Izzy Gonzalez when she gets here at the 9 o'clock hour. But, yeah, good week, man. It was a good week for your boy. A little bit different, but good week. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, I'm – I don't know. I guess I'm added about three pounds of food and booze over the week. Smart. So I got my work to do when I get back. And uh, Vital, how, how was your day? Well, I was here all day. And running the uh, level <laughs> broadcast, and also we had a the Lions and the Texans game over here on 610. Then I had to go over to 770 and run the uh, level sports. But a- after a while, you, it's just like for me, and, and I, I don't mean to distinguish. I talked to my mom via Zoom, and my brother, and and you know daughter, and so pretty much that was it. Zoom's good thing, man, when you're far away from someone you love. So. Uh, no pretty much, Vitale. I had pretty much I had to work. Anybody bring you some turkey, Vital? You know what? You you guys are going to trip on me. I don't like turkey on Thanksgiving because everybody else is having it. I like lasagna ah, and spaghetti. Yeah. Oh, Vital, you rebel! You just can't get a little part. Just boy. too Italian. You can't you can't beat it. Well, my grandmother used to always make lasagna or a pan of uh, pan of lasagna along with the turkey and the ham. No kidding. Well, see, I'm not a big Thanksgiving and Christmas food person. I'd rather eat, like, Mexican and New Mexican yeah, food. Yeah, exactly. Some tamales and pozole and enchiladas and rice and beans. I'd rather do that than, like, mashed potatoes and stuffing. You know, I'm sorry, every white person on earth, but I'm not a fan of Thanksgiving food. I uh, disagree completely. Give me traditional every single time. At 9.15 today, uh, it's going to it's gonna be like a fun one. Like, it's going to be like a fun day today, a little bit loose. Brandon Mason is going to join us at 9.15 today, man. Uh, this is exciting. Brandon Mason, you know, uh, played professionally, obviously, Gal Talons. Uh, he was at the Thunderbirds when the Thunderbirds were in town, uh, assistant coach for the Lobos for some time. Um, anyways, uh, and also playing with, you know, the same time like Michael Cooper and those guys played when, when that was the jam here in Albuquerque. Uh, he's going to join us because New Mexico is fielding a team for the basketball tournament. Are you familiar with this, fan? The basketball tournament. 
Yeah, I am. We're going to talk more about this with Izzy and uh, the Izzy Hour. Correct. I'm really excited to hear more about it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a cool thing, and, and we'll go over like what it is and how it works. And it's on ESPN, and it's a huge deal. Um, they play to a set score. It's not a time limit kind of thing. And it, it I think it costs like five or ten grand to put in a team. Not a lot of money. Like, I mean, that's a lot of money to me as an individual, but not a lot of money to like a sponsor ever. And then, and then you just get to be on ESPN. That's the whole thing. So there's a lot of local talent that's going to be on it. It's, it's definitely a New Mexico team. So there's going to be a fun representation in that. So once that time that COVID passes and everything's back to quote-unquote normal, then then we're going to have a lot of fun, I don't know, watching that and having something to support. So that will be a cool thing. So we will definitely have Brandon Mason on at 9.15. That's when Izzy joins us, and we'll talk to him about uh, just the process of putting this thing together. Let's grab a break, man, where we get back. Let's uh, let's recap football from Thursday, kind of talk about how we took it in and how much we enjoyed it, and we'll have a lot of fun for the rest of the program. You're listening to Dave & Buster's Presents, ABQ Central, live from, like, multiple studios at this point. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we're on TalkABQ.com. Our by New Mexico Pinion, and we play on Team I-9, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program. Appreciate everyone tuning in on a holiday. Appreciate everyone doing that. Thanksgiving's a week now, right? It's not just one day. It's like a whole week. As it should be. This is 2020 Vitalis. It's just called Friday. Yeah, it's just called Friday, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so tonight, okay? So there's Thanksgiving football is a tradition, right? Do you yes. watch any games? I watched every second of all of it. Oh my gosh, how did that feel? Um, I want that time back. Yeah, it was like two snoozers, like just like snoozy boys, like you like tryptophan. Is that what it's called? The turkey thing, tryptophan. Correct. That's what those football games were. Trip to fanned. The Texans just put it on the Lions. The Lions don't, I don't know, they pick what weeks they want to look competitive, and this was not one of them. And then the Cowboys, and by the way, where is Cowboy fan? Like, is, <laughs> is Cowboy fan so distracted with the COVID that Cowboy fan doesn't stick up for the Cowboys anymore? Cow- no, you know, Cowboys- they're um- – uh, the Cowboys are a passionate fan base. I know a bunch of Cowboys fans, um, but they're also very bandwagony. So they teeter in between being super passionate and being bandwagony. So uh, you're, they're probably going to go silent when things aren't going well, like when uh, when Zeke gets like 15 yards rushing. You're not going to hear much for them for a week. Um, you know, my thoughts on the games are. Who are you, NFL? Why don't you start <laughs> flexing? Why don't you start flexing these games? I know it's a tradition it's to tradition. have the Lions tradition. and the Cowboys yeah. every Thanksgiving, but if you're putting out a crappy product every Thanksgiving, change the games. And then the only good game that we had, Raven Steelers, Ravens went rampant on the Uncle Corvid, and they had to cancel. Well, and we'll get into that one at length. We're going to hit that in the third segment for sure, because that's that's worth that's worth twelve hard minutes. The Thursday one has gotten to the point where it's like, 
and let's use like specifically in the NFC East where like it's to a point where someone just has to win the division. It's not that anyone wants to. No one no one is trying to get into the playoffs in that division. But like the Cowboys were like, well, it's pretty tight here after three. I think we'll just give up three scores in the fourth. And you're like, what? Like, how is this your plan? Like, in, yeah. like, I know it's your favorite coach in the world, Mike McCarthy. Like, what is going on with the boys in blue? Because they don't look NFL. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really easy to talk crap about the Cowboys right now. Uh, they got a bum deal earlier in the year, got some big offensive line injuries. And then, of course, uh, Dak Prescott had his foot flip backwards. So those are two really big ones right there. But I think it's more of like a culture thing. I mean, I was uh, just thinking like what I mean, what would the NFC East really look like if all the teams were healthy? I mean, my God, a football team that doesn't have a name is in first place right now with yeah. a losing record. It's despicable. And and now like like everyone's well, they're the resurgent team and they're the one who's gonna come out of it and this and that and up and down. Well, no, they played the Cowboys. Like that's the thing. Like, it's not that they're better than anyone in the league outside the NFC East because they're not. Like, and, and this Cowboys yeah, I mean, take team. The, take the worst team in the West. Like, take uh, okay. the, the Niners or the sure. Cardinals in the NFC no, West. No, the Cardinals you are You put those there. guys in the NFC East, they're undefeated. Yeah, they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because that's why the Pittsburgh Steelers sure. are undefeated. And we'll talk about that next. But because they played the NFC East and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they got a, you know, a good call against – you know the Ravens and like 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 the the East sucks like and I know that's like not the hottest take in the world but like they no one's trying to win the East like and it's just apparent at this point it's not even like there's like hey we're gonna put like the best effort out on the field they're not like we got weird it's fourth and ten on our own twenty and we're gonna take twenty yard losses and. And see what Lamb, what's that kid's name? Lamb? Like, he's not even a player for some reason. Like, he's just, we, we drafted him in the first our first round and we're never going to throw him the ball. Andy Dalton, I think, completed one pass all game. Ezekiel Elliott has coughed it up like, like more than a half dozen times and has given it away five times already. Like, he had five career fumbles coming into the season. He's got five more this season. Like there's just, there's Zeke is coughing up on. fumbles more than your uncle who got COVID at Thanksgiving. Mm. It's COVID's like everywhere. it's like everyone in the NFC East is trying to tank for Trevor Lawrence, but they keep beating each other. Yes. <laughs> Stop beating me. Stop. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is a Dallas Cowboy is going to sell more jerseys than anything ever. If you can figure out a way to make that happen, NFL, in a LeBron James to Cleveland kind of like manipulation. Yes, give me that. You talking about pulling an Eli? I am talking about that. Because you got to put your faces where they need to be. Because the last thing you need is Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. No offense to my team, Jacksonville. But they don't need that. They ruined Leonard Fournette. That's tough. It's tough. You think the Cowboys should do like Dak, Zeke, and Amari? to the Jets for the first pick, throw in their first pick, throw in a couple linebackers. They need to do something with Zeke because something's wrong with him. Well, they don't have an offensive line. I've been paying a lot of attention to Zeke because 
as no one obviously cares, I just traded for him on my fantasy football team on the cheap. And so I'm a big Zeke fan the last two weeks. <laughs> he is cheap. Should be cheap. You know what yeah, Ezekiel you know Elliott is? He's for, like, um, Cowboy fan. Remember Emmett Smith? That's what he is. And Emmett Smith was a thing 30 years ago. That's how long ago it has been. There's been Tyrone Wheatley between that. Like, there's been nothing. Yeah, he's not He's not a Barry Sanders. He's not a Marshall Falk. He's not going to make a lot of people miss. He needs big holes to drive through, and he's not getting them, so he's stuck behind a line of scrimmage every play. doesn't have that same energy or pop, too, though, when he hits the line. A lot of national mm-hmm. media yesterday came out in the last couple of days saying the same thing. He just There's something wrong with him. I mean, they paid a lot of money for him, and this year – Last year he got to camp late. This year I, he just is, doesn't have the same burst of speed when he gets through the middle. Or and you're right, the, the offensive line is banged up, but still, it's he's he's not the same player to me. Well, maybe he knows that he runs into the with a depleted offensive line. Lights him and him no is from Mexico. Then he's in big trouble. Maybe he's just out there trying not to get hurt and keep cashing checks. And give well, there might be that right next year. Ten carries, thirty-two yards, three point two. Van, you could average that. I'm not even like trying to be weird. Like you could average that. Not behind that line. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Dalton is garbage. The one thing is the Alabama kid, Amari Cooper. He's the one thing, and he's got to go. You got to come the off season. He's got to go because you can do that like with with Lamb and Gallup. And I like the tight end. I think the tight end's pretty good. You move Cooper, you get some value, but you won't get the value you want because everyone knows what's the point. Like no one's uh, no one's one wide receiver away from a championship. This team's bad, man. The yeah, I mean, bad. if I was Jerry Jones, I'd be tanking. Like, you know, tanking is not as big a thing in football as it is in basketball no. and, of course, baseball. Like, it's a it's a very important strategy in baseball. I mean, you've seen the Indians do it, the Cubs do it, the Astros do it, and it seems like, you know, the Rays every year are, like, in perpetual tank mode because they're on such a small budget, but they keep doing it over and over again. Maybe it's time for the Cowboys just to blow it up and start all over again. Let Dak There's walk, a- get some trade value out of Amari and Zeke, and uh, give it a few years. There's some value in baseball in doing it, though. And, it, and it's a multi-year thing in baseball. So if you're a baseball team and you tank, you got to do it a couple years in a row. Because you can't draft like first-round in baseball and then come up and make that impact the next year. Like, there's, there's only one Bryce Harper in the last 10 years. Yes, because now Mike Trout is just outside of that. But, like, in football, you can get that. Like, in basketball, you can get that. You can get that guy that can come up and just make a big impact. Like, in Cincinnati, the kid who just got hurt, the kid out of LSU, like, he was going to break every passing record ever. I know that's kind of a different thing now with the way the NFL works and Don Corleone and all that. But, like, 
you can get a guy that can come in and turn your team around, just change it up, make it literally make it better. This Dallas Cowboy team, though, is not going to do that drafting fourth or fifth or sixth. Like you got to get that number one. You got to get a skill position guy. And as I say that, you're right, though. The offensive line's garbage. So what good does a skill position guy do if you can't protect the quarterback for more than 2.5 seconds? Yeah, sure. And, and your stud quarterback's foot's turned backwards. Yeah, oh, that's the worst. That I mean, and that's the saddest part. Like, that's that's every bad. He's yeah, and, and of course, like, I'm gonna... trying to be an apologist. And, you know, it's so easy to talk smack about the Cowboys. It's everyone's favorite national pastime. But my dumbass picked them to win the Super Bowl this year. So I remember that, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to rationally, you know, make a deal with the devil here and say, oh, it's their offensive line. Oh, it's Dak's foot. Oh, no, they're really bad top to bottom, and it's not fun to watch, especially on Thanksgiving where you get your family together and everyone in the country's watching football. I mean, like what? After Super Bowl Sunday, Thanksgiving's the most watched day for football every year, right? You're going to want to put a the better National product out there Mark. than the debilitated Cowboys and the shell of a franchise that they currently call the Lions. Well, and we'll talk about that with the Ravens and Steelers because we're going to go to that at length. But like the like the Cowboys being bad is such a big deal that Sean Watson is low key having like the most MVP style season ever. Featured on Thursday or on Thanksgiving football, like goes for over 300, four TDs, looks like a magician the whole time he's out there. Only passes it 25 times. Like this is not like a guy who's dropping back every single like. And what he does with the and it's like no one's even talking about it. There's not a conversation about with the down year that Lamar Jackson's having, which we'll talk about in the next segment. But Deshaun Watson's it. Like Deshaun Watson is the future. No one cares. Talk about how much the Cowboys suck. <laughs> we just did for twelve minutes, didn't we? We did. We're gonna grab a break. Uh, as soon as we get back, we're gonna do Raven Steelers. We're gonna talk about what that means as far as the bigger landscape of things. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from Mobile Studios. Talk KBQ.com, Mexico Pinion Coffee, I9 Sports, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Having a lot of fun remotely this morning in a COVID safe environment. 835. It's It's like 30 degrees outside, man. I know you're in Flagstaff, but it's like the coldest day in the history of days here. It is 17 degrees in Flagstaff right now. That's unacceptable. Well, I'm inside, and I got on sweats and a hoodie, so That's, I'm okay. Isn't that the cliche? I, it's a 35 outside, 72 in the studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too fun. Izzy Gonzalez is going to join us in about 30 minutes. We're going to talk to Lobos. There's a lot going on as far as the – well, there's not with the football team. There's a lot going on with the basketball team, so we're going to get updates on all that. From the texter, yeah, Jerry Jones sold his soul in the 90s, so now he has to sit in purgatory forever. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. (laughs) To get that sweet stadium. Can you imagine building, like, the most state-of-the-art best stadium in the history of all things ever, and then... Just like two years later, it gets like dwarfed by an even better stadium. 
Like you only had the best stadium for about five minutes. Sure. It's not Until enough. the next one, and then right. the next one. <laughs> what do you think they're going to start making worse stadiums? No. Like you, you, you get to make your nice big ass stadium, and then now they're just going to start making them not as nice as yours. Get real, Jerry. Especially when you like lay the blueprint. Like Atlanta has the nicest stadium for one season, and now like obviously Southern California, but no one can go there yet. And then obviously Las Vegas, and no one can go there yet. And it's like, yeah. it's like oh. You know what I mean? You have to do? We have a bucket list of new stadiums we have to go to. That's what we have. Oh, we're definitely going to Vegas next season. We're definitely going to Vegas next season. My former co-host in St. Louis has been Matt Berger. He's been co-hosting with friend of the show, Bonnie Bensignor, over on Raiders Nation Radio. They're having the time, the time of their life over there. Because, like, that's a weird team. The Raiders will win, and you're like, this is a world beater. John Gruden. David Carr, or the, the other car, Daniel Carr, who, what, Derek Carr. <laughs> There's so many cars. Like, they're going to do it. And then, then they'll just get blown out one week, and they're like, no running game. Defense sucks. And you're like, okay, let's figure it out, team. What's well, the parody of the NFL, right? Like, any given Sunday kind of yes. thing? Love for that. anyone in the NFL except for the teams in the NFC East. Yeah, no. No, no given, not even given Thursdays. Yeah. You can't do it's it. It's only any given Sunday when you're playing within the division. You know, it's a good day in Sports Talk Radio when you get to trash the Cowboys and you get to trash the Steelers. I'm going to do both right now. Hit it. The Ravens had a, had a trainer, Van, like a strength trainer, who did not believe in science, okay? Uh-oh. Don't know how he got to this place in his life where he was able to tell people, because there's a lot of science involved with weightlifting. There's a lot of science involved with medicine. There's a lot of science involved with rehabilitation. But for whatever reason, did not follow COVID protocols, brought in the coronavirus, brought it into the Ravens facility. And you know, like, once one guy – oh, go ahead. At least 13 people have it. Is that the number of Baker's dozen? At least. Yeah. So he brings it in. As he brings it in, he starts just sprinkling it out, right? Because you like, we know how these football teams work. All these guys, there's such close proximity. Like sure. you have to, you have to buy in. Like, and as a coaching staff, you're always like the system, this and that. Like, be be part of the team, be one of the guys. Like, next man up, all that kind of crap. But then it's oh, I don't believe I'm coronavirus. You mean? China, no, shut up. Do what you're supposed to do, and you didn't. So now your team has the coronavirus. <sighs> the NFL yeah, does people the... don't want to believe in science. People don't want to believe no. doctors. And some roided up meathead says you don't have to wear your mask because you you eat more protein or whatever. Like, come on, man, come on, man. <laughs> Figure it out. It's not it's not your job. This isn't your department. So. The NFL says, you can't play on Thursday. We'll do, I tell you what we'll do. We'll just play on Sunday. And Pittsburgh Steelers, and Pittsburgh Steelers fan is like, no, we want to play them. We want to play their JV. They don't have Lamar Jackson. We want well, – like, and I'm about to name call, okay? Hey, stupid, you will <laughs> get COVID-19. Yes. Yes, the JV guys also have it. 
The, and you're then you're going to give it to your teammates, and then you're going to have to cancel games, and then the season's going to be postponed, and the playoffs aren't going to be till March. I'm up in arms. I can't believe this. My team's undefeated. The Pittsburgh freaking Steelers. Pittsburgh losers. Push that one. We got – we put them out on the field. They didn't follow the rules. We don't care. Don't affect us. We're having a, we're having a season to end all seasons. You're, you, you literally will end your season. Like, the NFL's trying to help you. They're moving schedules around so Lamar Jackson doesn't have to miss two games because he got two games over the course of the next ten games. And, and this, and now they're going to move the Cowboys the next week and blah, 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 and up and down. Shut up. Do the right thing. Which is Come. hard for some people to do. Why, because they're dumb? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer here. Stupidity is the answer. It's not a freak accident. The world's not stacked up against you. You're stupid. Who's the Ravens' backup quarterback? Tyrod Taylor? Not, jo- not Joe Flacco. Uh, it's RG3. Yeah, Robert Griffin. So you Welcome want, back. We want to we face RG. Well, you're still going to face him. Lamar's not playing. I mean, if it wasn't for Lamar's rushing statistics – they might have went to RG3 already. They have a winning record, but Lamar's got the yips. He is not playing like an NFL quarterback this year. You're making his a good point. His legs are saving his job. He's afraid to throw it to Hollywood Brown. Isn't that weird? Like, that's weird because last season he he's, was such a big part of that. Like yeah, stretching He's got a tight out. end that's pretty good, too. He doesn't go to. Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, he doesn't right, go to anybody because he can't complete passes. He's not accurate. Yeah. All he has is dump-offs and then scrambles. <sighs> it's not going to win a lot of games late in the year. It's not going to. you got to com- complete passes to your wide receivers to make it deep into the playoffs, and they're not doing that. It's not going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a fact. The Pittsburgh well, I don't Steelers- know. The Steelers haven't played anybody yet. Oh, they my get God. to play the, the Jaguars and the NFC East. I'm being serious on that. Like, the Steelers look like world beaters against who? Again, I'm not trying to be like that guy that's like, um, who, who you played, show me what, you know, I'm not, I'm not Donald Trump telling you to prove 80 million votes to me. And you can only play the schedule put in front of you. But, like, it's a joke schedule. Yeah. The, the proof of burden is on the team that plays the Steelers, not the Steelers. The Steelers are still undefeated against yes. Scrubs, but they're still winning games. The Ste- All right, I got it right here in front of me. I just pulled it up. Beat the Giants by 10 in the, in the season opener. No one knew the Giants were going to be as bad as they are, but yes, you should have beat them by then. They got bailed out against the Broncos, won by a score. Bailed out against the Texans, won by a score. Handled the Eagles as they should. Handled Cleveland. That was a joke of a game. That was embarrassing. Yeah, and but I thought Cleveland sorry for would be their better. Mothers. Yeah, that was good point. And anyone who lives in Cleveland, I've always said that. I feel, <laughs> I just feel awful for Clevelandite. Sorry, friend of the show, Dave. Barely squeaked it out against the Titans. Barely squeaked it out against the Ravens. One score over the terrible Cowboys. Put it on Cincinnati, which I get. That's a good win if you can get it. And beat up on the Jaguars while looking ahead to the Ravens. Okay, so they beat the Titans. 
They beat the Titans and That's the Ravens. It. They got the NFC East and Ohio. <laughs> Take this Great Lake Stakes. Ohio hasn't done anything since Jim Brown. Sorry, Bernie Kozar. They have Peyton Hillis. <laughs> We're not far from Izzy Gonzalez. Should be joining us in 15 short minutes. The Steelers are not as good as they think they are. The Ravens definitely are not as good as they think they are. Steelers got the Bills coming up. Steelers got the Colts coming up. So, And then they get Ohio again twice. So they got two games their whole season, or three games. They won one of them. They beat the Titans. Now they got the Bills and the Colts. We'll see what they can do. 15 short minutes from Izzy Gonzalez. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from multiple studios this morning. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon. We play on Team I-9, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program. So we have missed zero shows since COVID-19. We've missed zero ABQ Central programs. Even in the uh, Talk ABQ Studios Arizona edition. Yes. Even across state lines, we're doing it. And the some Buckeye, might say we're doing it right, my friend. Some might. It'd be very few, but those few might. Ooh. The Ohio State Buckeyes have missed two games. Because they last night said, we're not playing Illinois tomorrow. We're too sick. And I, I like that. I mean, that's the, that's the approach you got to take. But this team, you're like, that's it. You're done. You're not in the mix no more, right? Yeah. Like you, yeah. The this national been, champion this year is going to be like four and one. Correct. <laughs> and it's Notre Dame. Like, this is like, go ahead. All right. They, it's been a while. We'll, do, we'll sneak. We can finally, there's not conference games to support anyone else being better than you, Notre Dame. We'll just sneak you in to the quarterfinals or whatever, however they define it. Mm hmm. I was like, because every year, Notre Dame is ranked too high. Oh, every single year. The ranking of Notre Dame is too damn high. It would be BYU and Notre Dame. That would yeah, be it. They're, they're it? always overranked. But yeah. this year, they look legit top to bottom. And those new sparkly gold helmets are fire. I have to root <laughs> for them with those helmets. They're so dope. But every year, like Notre Dame gets overhyped. And they always have a couple big losses. They always stumble in the bowl game or the playoffs. But this year, like, they're finally putting it together, and they look legit. They got a really good defense. They got a, a, a veteran quarterback. Like, he's been there a few years. Like, he knows how to do it. So, yeah, the, it might be their year. The coach is the thing, too. Because Chip Kelly has, like, 100 wins now at Notre Dame. Like, Chip Kelly, to me, I guess really up until this season, I still associate as, like, the Oregon head coach. But he's sure. not. He's like an, he's got a hundred wins as as a golden domer. <laughs> Stupid nickname. Did you, did you <laughs> read that on Urban Dictionary? That's a, I think that's literally what it's called, right? Like I, I had a de I, I had a different definition of golden domer. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> so uh, so they out. So they cancel the game against the Illini, which would have been a sure win because the Illini are only good at basketball. 
I guess, I guess I'm worked up about this. It it just takes the Big Ten out. That's the whole thing. Like the Big Ten, they done. Now none of those teams are going to play eight games. Like it, they'll all end up playing like six games or yeah. maybe seven. So as long I guess as like, Ohio State doesn't lose, they're going to be in it. Hey, what what happened to the Pac-12? Did everybody just defect to the SEC? The so Oregon State losing, or excuse me, Oregon State beating Oregon hated rival Oregon. Yeah, takes Oregon out of it, which takes the Pac-12 out of it. So like the Pac-12 sabotages the Pac-12. Sure, because the teams at the bottom in the Pac-12 can beat the teams in the top of the Pac-12 because teams in the Pac-12 are ranked higher than they're supposed to be ranked because they play the games latest in the day and people get to see them. Are you like, saying the tops are actually bottoms and I'm the saying bottoms the tops are, are actually bo- tops? <laughs> a team like USC is like a power bottom? Is that what you're saying? But now, similar to Drake, started at the bottom. Now they're there. Now they're still at the bottom. Yeah, well, they're still at the bottom. That is correct. Yeah, what happened to Oregon? What happened to USC? What happened to the resurgence of UCLA? It's like the Pac-12, like the Mountain West can give the Pac-12 a run for their money now. The USC would be the one if one was to do it because in conference, I mean, like they don't lose, right? They haven't lost yet. But like Colorado is only going to end up playing like four games all year. So they're not in the mix. I'm just not buying anyone off the West Coast. Like, it's it's all – but Clemson's not playing either. Like, it's not like you can have, like, a college football anything. Yeah, and everybody's are, got it. Clemson's got, got it. it. Alabama's got it. Ohio State's got it. You know who are you doesn't? About to see Cincinnati? Are you about to see them? Cincinnati. You know who doesn't have it? Who's that? Yale, Harvard, no, they don't. Brown, no. the Ivy League. They don't got COVID. You know why? Because they're not playing football. Because they don't want to expose these kids to getting sick and possibly dying. Correct. They're not going to expose their foundation to giant class action lawsuits in a decade. When these kids get lung cancer. Something weird like that, right? There will be something where it's like, oh, we didn't know it was coming. Well, of course you didn't. Because we had like, we had about six months worth of information. Yeah. Do you remember when this whole thing started? And it was on like, um, so go back to like April. So we're in April. And there was like a uh, – and Vital, you might remember this better than me. I know you're a little more plugged into this kind of stuff. There was like at sea, like a like a naval ship that got it. Like, yeah, the whole ship, 175 yeah. people. Yeah. And then like we're talking about young, strapping, like like Navy recruits, like kid, like teenagers in early 20s. They died. Like they, like they did not – like that's who – it'll get you. Yeah. Looks like the vaccine comes out next week, though. First that responders. New, that, that new vaccine's dropping? <laughs> <laughs> Which, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but if Pfizer comes out and tells me they have a 
vaccine that's 90% effective, and then Moderna comes out and tells me you have a vaccine that's 92% effective, and then Pfizer says, our bad, it's actually 95% effective. I'm like, yeah. there's someone here is someone, there's a fib here. Right. If it's 75% effective, I'm in. I'm probably not going to do the original. 50. I'm waiting for the beta. Let's let's get a, a, a couple million people vaccinated before I'm going to take it. I want to see some data. But, uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm, I'm rolling my sleeve up. Stick me with a needle. Just not the first round. I'm not important enough to get the first round. Oh, don't say that. I know. I can tell. Look in the mirror. Oh. Not worth it. Well, you'd make a really good test subject, though. Like, that's that's what they do, right? They get, you know, the imprisoned, mentally ill. <laughs> From the texter, it's got a screenshot of what a golden domer is. Uh-oh. Don't show that to the cameras. Nope. Thanks for listening, Trenton. <laughs> when we get back. Izzy Gonzalez will join us from the lair. We're going to have a fun, fun hour with her. Yeah. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from multiple studios. Powered by New Mexico Pinion. Play on Team I-9. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. It's 9 a.m. in Albuquerque. So that means it's exactly two days and, I don't know, some minutes since we gave the Utah State Aggies their first win of the season as the Lobos fell embarrassingly, embarrassingly bad, man. That was their shot, right? They shot it. They might go 0 for now. They haven't won a game in like four years. Don't know if that's true, but it seems like that's very close to true. Joining us on the program and in my home, Izzy Gonzalez. Good morning, Izzy. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? <sighs> I'm a Lobo fan, so I'm struggling. I, I could see why, yes. Yes. We turned off NFL football uh, at my Thanksgiving Day dinner and turned on the Lobo football, and that ruined all the sweet desserts on the table. To be fair. To be fair. <laughs> to be fair. A lot of people, uh, <laughs> a lot of people, you know, they wanted to watch that um, for their Thanksgiving dinner because that was the only football game, and... I mean, there's also college basketball, but people also like football. Um, so they decided to go ahead and turn that on. Um, everyone was kind of worried because both teams were 0-4. So does that seem like the type of game you would want to watch on Thanksgiving? <sighs> Maybe Christmas. Somebody's got to win. And they did. Somebody won. Um, the Lobos <laughs> kind of had a chance. I mean, they were leading 13-3 and at half. So looking good there until that third quarter, you know, the – the final score ended up being 41-27, so not very good. And that's exactly what Coach Gonzalez said after the game. He said, we're a terrible football team. Those are, those are his words, not mine. Um, he told us that the guys also heard that in the locker room. It's like, hey, we're terrible. Um, last week, as you know, the Lobos lost to Air Force. They were shut out. And he took the blame there. You know, he was like, hey, as coaches, we need to do better. We have to have our team score at some point. Um, but this week he said, hey, you know, we try to put them in the right positions, and they just didn't execute. And let's be honest here, we're just terrible right now. Making his first start ever, Van. His first start ever, okay? 
Andrew Peasley, who's the quarterback for the Utah State Aggies, 231 yards in the air, three touchdowns, rushing for a buck 18 and a score. Not bad for your first day. Welcome. You're part of the team. Who's had a better first day? This is just something. How's Trey Hall doing? Is he okay? Um, I believe it's a hip injury, but yeah. um, I'm not exactly sure what it is yet. Um, could be a bruised rib, but he's he's going to be out for a while, of course. But, yeah, it looked painful. I don't know if you watched it live on TV, but it looked pretty bad. Um, Gonzalez said he was a little bit more calm once he, you know, got taken away for a little bit. And he was able to just talk and talk about what happened. So he's hopefully he's doing well. Will he be back anytime soon? I don't think so. I don't um, either. I'm, I'm not a doctor, but that looked bad. Um, that seemed painful. Gonzalez said he was going to be uncomfortable, which I think it's a nice way of saying he's going to be in pain for a while. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, you know, he gets better soon. Praise to him. And, yeah, it's a vodka also. Like, he's still out. Um, concussion protocol. Hopefully, he'll be back next week, but that's not really something we know for certain right now. So, Lobos are struggling in that quarterback position, which is kind of ironic since that's been their thing for the last couple years. Van, can the Lobos win against Wyoming? Uh, yeah. Can they? Any, any, any given Saturday, right? No. Anybody, no. Can beat, anybody can beat anybody. I don't know why you're lying to the listener. <laughs> I don't know. There's limited in-person attendance. You want to go watch? <laughs> well, you know what? Like, I like your attitude where you say anyone can win. Because technically, the Lobos were actually the favorites to win this game. I think it was by like six or seven points. But they were the favorites. Um, well, Izzy, I learned lost. from my parents. My parents told me I'm smart and handsome and I could do anything I wanted with life. So um, now I lie to people also. Yes, because what you said <laughs> about the Lobos in Wyoming is a lie. The Cowboys yeah. can play. I just don't know, man. This... You want you're almost to the point now where it's like you just want to get one. You want like you don't want to have like the morale. Goose yeah. This was actually supposed to be you know very winnable, and I personally thought Air Force was going to be winnable just because of like their type of offense and the Lobos type of defense. But who knows? It is kind of you know a, a weird year, so anything could happen. <sighs> Nothing. Well, just look to towards next year, and the Lobos are going to get a higher draft pick. Yeah, I think they're getting Trevor Lawrence. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've heard. You know? did, what, did you watch the game with your family? How did? How was your Thanksgiving? Did you watch it? How was that? It was good. Yeah, um, I watched basketball pretty much Ugh. all day. Well, it's my job. I'm sorry. You're the um, Lobo insider. You don't watch the football team. I I did watch the football team. Thank you. But throughout the day, um, like in the morning and stuff, I was watching basketball because that's that's the thing I do. It was like it was excruciating, Van. So I'm I'm having like Thanksgiving dinner with Star TV and Radio KOB's very own Brandon Ortega, and he's like pumped because you know he's like like he's a professional. I'm not gonna say he's not, but like sure. he, he's like the Lobos dog. They're gonna be on like no more phase ten, like no more heads up, like like we are watching the Lobos. Ooh, it was excruciating, like. Well, they I'm, won the first half, Fred. It wasn't that bad. 
No, I'm telling you, it was that bad, though, is what I'm saying. Like, even like they won the first half, but then it was like, okay, cool. Let's go in. Let's make some adjustments. Let's figure this thing out. And what's what's uh, Utah State's head coach? Merrill, is that his name? Where it's like outcoached, literally outcoached in the second half. Like, we had – there were no – like, we showed them what we had. Here was our hand. And they were like, oh, cool, we know how to play that. Well, I think they had um, three touchdowns, right? Like, back to back to back on that third quarter. That's correct. So – it was rough, for sure. Well, here's I'm the sorry. thing about being a fan, and here's the thing about being a local yokel. You got to stand with your boys because eventually they're going to be good, right? No. Crickets. <laughs> I don't think they will. Honestly, I believe that Gonzalez and Rocky Long are a really good coaching duo. So. I think eventually it is going to happen. Gonzalez said it could take like four years. You know, you need to recruit new guys. It's going to be a whole new culture. And these guys are trying. Maybe not everyone is perfect yet, but they really are trying. So they're going to win a game eventually. Um, It's going to be tough. I'm not going to say they're going to win next week, but eventually they will get some wins and they're going to look better. And Izzy, I agree that like, you know, they got a really good coach and, you know, Rocky Long, there's not a lot of better defensive coordinators out there. Um, it's it's a matter of talent, right? Like, they got to give it a couple years and recruit. Make sure you get all the good local guys. Steal a couple good recruits from other colleges in the Southwest. And maybe steal a couple blue chips here and there. But, I mean, it's going to take a few years. I mean, they, they got they got a delta bad hand. So, I mean, Coach Gonzalez isn't going to, like, with his talent alone, with his knowledge and skill set alone, he can't – he's not going to right the ship in one year. Lobo fan has to be patient and realize this is a this is going to be a few years before you see results. If it, if it happens early, that's awesome. Good for Lobos. Good for Lobo fan. But uh, it's going to take a while, so be patient. From what I've seen, they are being patient right now. Um I don't know how many games they're going to be, you know, having that attitude. But for now, they're all kind of understanding on, you know, it is the first year. It is going to be a whole transition to, you know, turn into a better football team. But they're trying. Um, Not every game has looked as good as maybe like that second game where they really, really fought for it. But, yeah, um, so far I think fans are, are happy with getting that effort. And at least Gonzalez, he's very honest and just straightforward. He's like, hey, we suck. Like, we're, we're not going to tell you, hey, we're great. We're going to win next next week. He's saying, hey, we suck. And the only way to feel better is to play harder and just go to practice tomorrow and give it all we got. So I, I And if, if for Lobo fan, that. if the games are that hard to watch, you can always just listen to Coach Gonzalez at the press conferences. Those are always fun. <laughs> you can't sell press conferences to recruiting like that that's the point i'm trying to get to and like in the way that like this thing has been done traditionally for so very long is like you go into a kid's living room and you like connect with the family and that's the only opportunity you have to like build that rapport that's all gone right now like with covid 2020 covid 19 like you can't do it the way you've traditionally been able to do it as like a growing program like, all you have right now right now is, like, name value, right? So whenever your one highlight of the season is a trick play by Bryson Carroll, like, that's that's not enough. Like, that's not enough to bring in new talent. That's not enough for 2021, 2022, 2023. Like, you have to 
you have to put something on film, and I'm not seeing anything on film. I think Cole. Cole is the one player. Like, otherwise, I, I don't know if I see it. I'm, I'm, I'm very disappointed. I'll be real honest. Like, like as, as, a, as a professional and a radio host, cool, I get it. I'm going to be optimistic. As a fan of the team, what are we doing? Run the ball. What? Hold the ball. No weird stuff. Patience is a virtue with this kind of thing. I mean, Coach Gonzalez is the type of guy that you want to root for. Hometown guy, tough as nails, a lot of fun to watch, very passionate. So I think he's going to have a really long leash with this fan base. And, I mean, you got to know that it's going to be rough. So be in it for the long haul. And, you know, I think Albuquerque is the type of town and – and then Lobo fan is a type of fan that once they start putting a good product on the field, everyone's going to embrace it and show up and support them. And, you know, we, I mean, the, the product they're putting out right now, was it 14 straight losses? Like, 14 straight losses, not a lot of people are going to go to tailgates. Not a lot of people are going to go to the right. game. And, that, and that's fine, and that's fair. But be patient, and when the time is right, you know, support your boys. During the break, we're going to connect with Brandon Mason, and we're going to talk about the basketball tournament. Izzy is very excited as she broke the news to the world. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from multiple studios across the world. Powered by New Mexico Pinion, we play on Team I-9, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. 9-15, talking sports. Izzy Gonzalez from the Layers joined us. She brought a friend, Van. Van, Izzy brought a friend. Whoa, I like to meet new people. That's the same. That's how I feel. Joining us now on the, uh, we haven't named the hotline, the Layer Hotline. Brandon Mason has put together a Lobo alumni team for the basketball tournament. Brandon, welcome to the show. How are you, friend? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for taking time during a holiday weekend. Izzy is with us, and she called me earlier in the week and said, I have the most exciting news in the whole world. (laughs) <laughs> and it's about the basketball tournament. Um, she briefly gave me a rundown, but maybe for the listener who doesn't know yet, Brandon, tell me kind of about the process, what the basketball tournament is, and, and who's going to be there. Well, um, the TBT tournament is usually, you know, it's played on ESPN, and I think it started out as a $1 million thing, and it's grown. It may be uh, a little bit more now, maybe $2 million or $1 million, I'm not sure, but um, it's really grown, and it's, um, it's a chance for, you know, some of these alumni guys to, uh, to get together and, and play for um, for a good um, for just like a something that it, it means something you know to for a common goal and also you know when I reached out to all of these guys they all said man they would love to do it for the Lobo Nation because the fans are so great for the community and I'm sure for themselves too because it's, it's fun for all of them to have a reason to get back together again as well. Hello, Coach. So hey, um, are you? I'm good, good. How are you? I'm glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No, this is awesome. Of course. Um, so, of course, I've talked to you about this um, a couple times because, you know, we worked together for that announcement. But what I thought was really fun, you know, when I asked the guys what their reaction was when you reached out to them. Um, can, you, can you talk to us about what Alex Kirk said? Because that was kind of funny. <laughs> well... Well, Alex is definitely a comedian. You know, when I was on staff there, he always used to mess with me, uh, you know, back when Steve Offer was the head coach. And the first thing he said was, you know, well, it sounds like fun, but it seems like 
Coach Mason has a lot of free time on his hands now. <laughs> I was like, oh, nice little jab there, Alex. So, uh, I mean, we joke around all the time like that. But he's right. I do have a lot of free time. So, my mind runs a little bit. And, you know, it's a little, little bit easier to just put some things on paper when you have a lot of extra free time. <clears throat> hey, thanks for being with us, Coach. Um, so, can you talk a little more about this tournament? You're going to get a, a squad of Lobo alumni and you're going to go up against a lot of other college alumni squads and ex-pros, et cetera, et cetera. What kind of competition are you going to be facing? Well, it's um, it's a definite like, like high-level um, overseas competition. Um, the team that usually wins it, there are a group of guys from overseas that are veterans that play together, um, and now it's turned into almost an alumni tournament. Um, so when I talk to the, like a coordinator from the TBT, you know, the, the rules were – you know, you had to have seven alumni guys from a, from a, from the Lobos, and then you can add a few pieces as well that didn't play for the Lobos. And, you know, that's when, you know, I reached out to Alex Kirk. I reached out to Darrington Hobson and some key guys like that. And, you know, they thought it would be good, you know, to get some other guys as well that are from New Mexico. Um, there's, a, there's a few guys named Scott Banford and DeAndre Lansdowne who are New Mexico-born, but they're also playing at the highest level overseas right now. So they're highly active playing at the highest level and it was a no-brainer to to um to get them involved and we were just hoping they wanted to play with us because they are playing at the highest level and scott banford has played many of seasons in the tbt and has a lot of experience um and also we were thinking you know i talked to wendell mckinnis um who was one of the toughest aggies ever um to add to the equation and everybody wanted to play with him you know they just like man if we could add a, a a junkyard dog like himself to put us over the top, that would be great. And he was he was more than than happy to play and 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 participate in this as well. So you know, getting all these guys together um, is a is a is a great opportunity. But um, we have a we started an organization to have 15 guys to play 11, so we could just in case somebody can't make it or something with their contract overseas and they wouldn't be allowed to play. Whatever it was, we wanted to make sure that we had a backbone and also a good staff to go along with it. Brandon Mason, Lobo, uh, alum, player, coach, now general manager of the basketball tournament. <laughs> is What's the official name of the team, Coach? What's the official TBT name? So so I was thinking that it, we would roll with um, New Mexico alumni TBT team because that that um, that would mean a lot. It would just generalized New Mexico, but it is a Lobo alumni team as well. And Darrington Hobson said the other day, he was just like, look, we're not wearing cherry and silver. I'm not playing. Uh And I mean, of course it was funny, but I think he was serious. (laughs) So, I mean, so so these guys take this stuff very serious, where they played, who they played for, and especially, you know, diehard New Mexico guys like, like him and Kendall Williams and J.R. Giddens, those guys bleed cherry and silver. So um, before the announcement came out, I asked you and a couple other players what you expected from New Mexico fans, just what the reaction would be once they found out they were going to see a lot of alumni play at, at the TVT. And you guys all said New Mexico fans are amazing, of course. And you actually said there's no other place where this would really work out as well as I think this is going to work out. So now that the announcement is out, what are some of the reactions you got from everyone? 
It's been incredible. I mean, my, my phone's been ringing off the hook. Guys have been sending me messages. Even other former players that um, that are not on the team, they you know they wanted to be involved. They're helping. They're, they want to be around it. And I, I think that's incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like guys were upset that they weren't involved. They're were just like, hey, how can I come? Can I be a part of it? Yada yada yada. And all it all it's doing is bringing new, the New Mexico guys together and that's what's the most important thing of course they want to win the money and things like that but bringing these guys together for a community that deserves it because a lot of people in new mexico spend their hard-earned money and they go to those games and they represent for new mexico and they come and they cheer and they do all those things and hopefully this is a way to to make those fans and those people happy by you know bringing this group together again like we did years ago before a, a, a good cause and a good opportunity for these guys Coach, you uh, you coached the Lobos, you played for the Aggies, you played for the Thunderbirds, you've been all over the place in New Mexico. Can you speak on what New Mexico means to you and what basketball means to New Mexico? Yeah, I mean, like I like to tell people, like I'm born and raised from Chicago. I lived there 17 years, but my ID says New Mexico on it. And I'm a New Mexican. I'll say it, I'll say it all the time. I love green chili, and I probably eat it every day on everything. So that's how I know that I'm all the way in. Um, but one thing was is when I was playing with the Thunderbirds, and I think I had my first dunk or I made my first basket, and the crowd went crazy. There, there wasn't one boo because I was an Aggie. It was because I was representing New Mexico playing for the Thunderbirds, and that meant a lot to me because I've been booed so many times back in from 99 <laughs> to 03, and to get that warm welcome – New Mexico fans, they understand basketball. They love basketball. And it's, it's, it's bigger than anything that I've ever been a part of. I've been to other universities. I've, I've been to high levels at other schools. And there's nothing like New Mexico, the pit, and just the generalization of all the fans here in, in New Mexico. Coach, obviously everyone's familiar with Michael Cooper, who is going to coach this team are there any players meeting each other for the first time? Are there any of these guys that aren't familiar with each other? Is there going to be that kind of growth? Yeah, you know what? Um, a lot of these guys, they all know each other. We do have group techs already. They know each other, but I will say that some are excited to play with each other for the first time because there's different eras. There's, you know, these guys really – you know, keep up with each other and, and what they did when they were here and what they're doing currently. So to be able to put all that together would be awesome. And, you know, when putting this team together, it wasn't about just trying to get the biggest and best name or individual talent. It was a lot of strategic um, pieces that went into it. So you wanted to make sure you had, you know, the, the, the solid point guard, the the shooting guard, like you had to have everything so you can have different styles of play, of course, because you want to win. And, you know, selecting and, and trying to get a hold of Michael Cooper was the best thing we could do because the guys will respect him and follow a champion like him. Uh, Lobo legend Devin Williams is a friend in real life and a friend of the show. Do you need me to text you his number? Man, I stay in touch with Devin. I love Devin Williams. <laughs> Trust me, I you know I was around all of his years. I stay in contact with him. I love what he's doing in the community, and he's just an awesome person. What he's been through, and and how he overcome, and and how he still is involved in the community and giving back and doing things here is is huge.
Yeah, we're uh, we're really good dudes with him as well. We're working on a really cool project we're excited about. We can't talk about yet. <laughs> but as soon as All we right, can. All right, well, G14 <laughs> classified there. I like it. I like yeah. it. Brandon Mason, the general manager of the Alobo alumni team. That's what we're going with so far. Is there is there apparel? Is there gear, Coach? Like, who's putting the money behind this thing? Like, who can I support that's supporting you? Well, if, if we definitely are going to need support. Um, we're going to be trying to do a lot of things here in the community um, towards July. We're going to have a, a two-week training camp here. We're going to have gear. We're going to have jerseys. We're going to have a lot of things, a, move, a lot of moving components that we're definitely going to need the community to get behind to make this happen. So, I mean, you can always contact myself. You can contact Isabel, you know, um, and, and, and definitely we need everybody to be involved. And we'd love everybody to be a part of it and be a, have a piece of it. You know, it's not something that we're trying to do alone. This is for the community and the entire, you know, state of New Mexico. All of the updates on the TV team, the Lobo alumni team, will be at the Layer NM. So Izzy will break basically everything. Absolutely everything, right, Coach? Yep, she is. She's running the show behind the scenes. She is. She is all in, and I appreciate her help. Coach, we plan on having you multiple times throughout this winter and the build up to the TBT. We're very excited to be in association with you and support you. Anything final before we let you go? Well, you know what? I wanted to say that this really isn't about me, but I would love for you guys to get some of these players on. They would love to talk about it. They would love to be about it. So I can pass contact information so you guys can get some of the players on and let them talk about it as well. I promise you when COVID allows, we will be live from a training camp one Saturday morning. Do not for a second think that won't happen. That's awesome. I, you know what? I'm praying and I hope it will happen. Um, it will happen, you know, somewhere, but we would love to have it here. But of course, you know, what's going on in the world today is the most important thing. So we just, you know, just stay praying and pray that everybody's safe and doing everything the right way. That's the most important thing. Coach Brandon Mason, thank you so very much. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. When we get back from the break, Lobo Basketball Talk with Izzy Gonzalez. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from, I don't know, like six studios at this point. Powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we play on Team I-9, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We are allegedly like a week away from New Mexico and Boise State. Allegedly. Allegedly. That's a keyword right there, for sure. <laughs> Let's emphasize it. So it would be the third, so that would be next week. So that's a Thursday. But that's not going to happen, right? So, um, Coach Weir didn't exactly say he didn't exactly say it wasn't going to happen, but he also didn't say it really would happen. Um, as of I think it was last Tuesday when we talked, um, they haven't they hadn't really booked anything to be honest. Um, they said, hey, it's uh, on the schedule, so you know technically it is still happening. But everyone knows that New Mexico has been trying to ask the Mountain West to please move that game back because. As you know, they are in Texas right now. They've been there for like a week right now, and it's not going to be an easy thing to just go fly to Boise and then, yeah. It it could happen. It could not happen. They're hoping it won't happen. But then on the 5th, they're going to play them again. So and, and That's definitely <laughs> also maybe or maybe not happening. It's so weird right now. Everything is just so insanely weird. It's insane. Um, he got asked 
about you know how how many days do you need in advance to like be booking that flight and get in that hotel and stuff because you know, it's like you said it's two games yeah and there's like a break in between so you, you have to have a hotel room for the guys to sleep maybe a couple more than, more than just one um but yeah he said we we haven't talked about that yet my main goal was to get them to practice they're practicing right now and that's as far as i'm gonna go this very moment okay so they are currently all in one location and they're all under the guidance of Paul Weir, and they're all being coached. Yes. How are practices going? So, sounds like they're going good. Okay. Uh, we saw a couple of pictures and stuff. Haven't seen oh. too much video. But uh, we asked the coach a little bit about that roster. I believe it's like 18-player roster. It's some big, big roster for sure. Um, but it's, it's going. Uh, as of last Tuesday, they had only had like four practices. So, of course, they were in probably, like, the best at the moment because they were doing small groups, you know, like a, like five players. That was the mm, – most of the time, that's what they were doing. Uh, I believe there was a time where they were maybe doing a little bit more, but most of the time it was five. It was mostly non-contact. So that's not exactly how you can practice for a real basketball game against Boise State. But they're going well. A couple players are standing out. Um, coach didn't want to talk too in-depth about, you know, who might be the uh, starting five or anything like that yet. He wants everyone to be competing. But at the same time, he is kind of asking the guys, like, hey, who do you think is working the hardest here? And some of those guys are Rod Brown and Kurt Curry. They are standing out a lot because of their energy and just effort-wise. That's what Coach said was going to be the most important thing effort like he wants to see guys they don't they don't have to be perfect right now at everything but he wants to see them try and really give it all they got so those are two guys who is like hey you you guys are getting this you, they, they might be getting some minutes Saquon Singleton as well um coach we are called him a Swiss army knife because he can pretty much play any position and you know when we asked him about it it's like hey what do you think do you think um coach because was right when he said hey you could play anything could be a point guard it could be a five he said yeah you know if i need to be a five i'll do it so but lobo fan is not familiar with either of these individuals yet and and that's true for like most of this team right because it's van i think it's like a baker's dozen of these 18 guys have never worn like a lobo uniform is that correct pretty much yeah you stole um, my question again fred look at oh, you i'm so sorry you did, it, you did it again what i what i meant to say was the floor is yours van <laughs> so van great question <laughs> well thank you yeah, really good question um yeah so a lot of these guys um of course fans have the diehard fans have heard about them um through you know press releases and their announcements and stuff but yeah we haven't seen a lot about them and it's even weird honestly at press conferences um, I'm the one who asked, like, hey, coach, who, who's standing out? Like, I have no idea what's going on there. I wish I could, you know, watch some of the practices and really tell you, like, what I see. But for now, we're we're just learning about these guys by listening to coach and then talking to them sometimes, like, on one-on-one interviews or press conferences. But all of these guys seem really cool. I don't watch a lot of – and we'll just use, like, uh, you were just talking about Rod Brown, right? Like, So he's, like, a Wichita State guy, right? So the OBC was um, – I mean, that's, that's good. That's good basketball. Like, they play good basketball out there. But, like, it's it's a better conference here. The Mountain West plays better basketball. They have better teams. They have better competition. So the idea for, like, a guy to come in and make, like, a big impact from, like, a, a conference that isn't necessarily as competitive as the one you come from, I get so apprehensive. 
So, like, how big of a standout does that really need to be for those kind of comments to be made? So, a lot of these guys, of course, have something to prove, just being new guys and proving, you know, they can do this. Uh, but so far, Rod Brown is succeeding. He's the leading rebounder of the team right now. And we're calling him our guy. He's he's a guy that they're definitely going to be nickname. relying on. Yeah, well, <laughs> they will be getting nicknames, actually. That's, like, a funny thing about the team. They always get a nickname. Um, but, yeah, he, he's the one that got the most votes out of the entire team when Coach was like, hey, who's playing the hardest right now? Who's putting it all out there? It was Rod Brown. Um, Kurt Curry got a few votes as well. But um, most most guys, yes, um, they said Brown, definitely the guy right now. Um, he's also leading in deflections. So he's giving it all. And I think especially right now, since it's such an uncertain time and practices are weird, they're not in New Mexico, they're in a new place. That really says a lot about their character, you know, that, hey, I have something to prove. As a team, we have something to prove. So I'm just going to go out there and play. So the thing is, Van, you got to love the rim, okay? Because the rim, the rim is unforgiving. Like, if you, if you are a guy, if you want to really make an impact, you got to be able to just get up and make love to the rim. I know you're a big rim guy, too. That's right, yeah. It's you, make, you make a job of it. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like when, when you're like when you're in a pos- in a position to where you can make like a real big memorable impact. Sure. Like you have to want it. You have to really you gotta want. want it. You got to want it more you than the next it. guy. I don't want. That's how I feel. <laughs> Izzy, I'm a big Makach Malawatch guy. I know everybody has to contribute for the team to be successful, but is it more like? As the Lobos go, Makach Malawatch goes. Is is their success dependent on him? I think so. Um, he's he's been pretty good uh, last couple of years, and he's he's kind of quiet. So a lot of the times we would say, "Oh, Makovic Malawatch got you know a double double here," and it was just a quiet double double. Like we always use the word "quiet" with him because that's the kind of guy he is. I feel like even on the court, he'll play really well, but he's not loud in his playing style. He just does a lot of the basics and. I think Coach Weir really appreciates that of him, that he just leads by example. He doesn't have to be the loudest guy to really make you notice him, especially, you know, in practice. Um, I think I asked Rod Brown, like, hey, what's like having us, having him as a teammate? Because he's kind of quiet, but he is a senior. He is a guy that Weir expects to become a leader for this team, of course. So, yeah, what's it like? And he said, he's great. Like, on the court, off the court, he's great. You just watch him and you want to do better because that's the kind of guy he is. And we're said that, funny enough, he, he's a senior, but right now he apparently is playing more like a freshman. Not necessarily in a bad way, but just giving it his all, just having that spark in him a little bit more, not just, you know, like a senior, you sometimes could be a little bit more careful because you have, like, your own style and people already expect things from you. But not right now for him. He's just kind of inspired by all the new guys and like hey you know i just gotta go out there and do whatever it takes if the lobos are not able to play boise state next week uh they hope for a reschedule later in the month if not that we won't see a lobos game until like new year's eve right like it's something crazy it's some amount of time so what would be best for this team to get off to a strong start would it be best to reschedule that boise state game and let them get one or two out of the way before they're really in rhythm or is it the idea that pushing all the way back to December 31st would be like the best start for this team? Um, I believe 
Coach Beer asked the uh, medical staff how many practices the team would need to really be able to be safe out there on the court. Because obviously you don't want guys to, like, hey, five practices. Let's go out there and play Boise State. Let's go get injured. Um, and he said the magic number was pretty much, like, 10 to 14 practices to at least be safe. That's not probably the best number yet, but that is kind of like, okay, you'll go out there, you won't get injured. Um, I, I think a little bit more time would be helpful, of course, because right now he's like, hey, don't expect a good shooting percentage or anything. Just expect some guys trying to get to know each other. Let's grab a break when we get back. Let's talk a little bit of women's hoops because I know you got a love for the women's team, Izzy. An NBA talk. Dave and Buster presents ABQ Central live from, I think we're at two dozen studios at this point. <laughs> Powered by New Mexico Pinion, and we play on Team I-9. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Izzy, do the Lobos still have a women's team? They do. Oh, yes. good. Question mark? Well, they're also in Texas, so they are the Texan Lobos right now. The New Mexico, Texas Lobos? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I don't know what their current nickname is, the t- but yeah. The new Tex-Mexico Lobos. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, New Mexico's just all over the place. It's Texas, Las Vegas. It's no longer the green chili. It's like a, it's like a barbecue boy. So they're going to tip off against an unnamed opponent, according to this Albuquerque Journal article I found. You got an inside? You know who it's going to be? Um, I don't. They, no, I, don't I don't know exactly who it is, but um, I know uh, Coach Bradbury actually had more of a schedule than the men's team, or at least what the men's team said. Because um, when we talked a while ago, he pretty much had already scheduled someone for, like, when the Lobos were in New Mexico, you know, back when. Um they were going to play like home opener. It was going to be home opener, and then they were going to go to Texas for a couple games. So I, I'm thinking that's probably what's going to happen. It's probably going to be some Texas opponents, but I could be wrong. Probably completely wrong, but yeah. I like speculation, though. Yeah, I like to start rumors, you know. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch enough women's hoops. I think I went to two games last year, and they're, obviously the fan base is – there's less people there. I mean, let's just be real transparent on that. But, like, it, um, it's a really good product on the court. Like, it's fun to watch if you're in, like, fundamentals and how the game should be executed. But, um, but yeah, it just doesn't – I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's going to get, like, the what it's just deserved this year. I don't feel like they're getting the assistance. I don't feel like they're getting, like, the effort that, like, not just the UNM men's, but, like, all of NCAA basketball men's is getting. And actually, like, speaking of fans, Lobo fans at women's basketball games – those are, like, the best fans ever. I like, agree. Men's basketball fans, they're great, but the ones for the women's teams, those are so intense, so knowledgeable. I'm intimidated by them. Every time I go to a game, um, it's not my main beat, but I go once in a while, and it's so much fun. Like, just the energy they bring for, you know, the pit, and the girls also do put out a really, really great product. I, I love watching Fundamentals. You know, I'm a basketball nerd. So, yeah, they're really good. Um even the three-point shots are sometimes really, really good as well. There was one year where Anthony Mathis was playing here, and the woman version of him was, I'm pretty sure, shooting even better than him. I was like, dang, they, they're they great. <laughs> Van, when's the last time you went to a women's game? Well, last year. Oh, last year. Did we go together? Is it, Am I being dumb yeah. right now? Oh, yeah, I catch, I catch a couple every year. I am a, I am a staple at the pit. I love that arena. And I love the energy, and I have so much fun every time. So, yeah, 
I'm excited for it, I guess. I just the thing that like kind of gets me a little bit down is the people that are involved, like the team itself and the coaching staff and the like they're putting in the effort. I just don't like I said, I, I think I'm a little disappointed that I don't necessarily feel from the outside looking in like there's the support from like the Mountain West Conference. I don't necessarily feel like there's a support from like each other. And and if it doesn't end up I don't know, being a, being a strong showing as far as effort, that would really disappoint me. Um, but, yeah, I hope they I hope they figure it out. I hope they get a couple non-conferences in. And if not, it's, I guess it's Nevada on the 31st. So we'll be about a month away. So. Well, honestly, you well, speaking, of, speaking of women's sports, Fred, there's a history going to be made today. Oh, there could be. Yeah. Yeah. Kicker Sarah Fuller oh, did you see this? is going to be the first female to play – Big five, power five, college football. It, yeah, if so, so she plays, you're talking about Vanderbilt, right? That's what you're Correct. talking about? Van, okay. Vanderbilt, Sarah Fuller. So she, they're playing Missouri today. This is football, so you're pivoting a little bit, but I love where you're going with this. So she's playing um, against Missouri, so this is SEC stuff. And then if she attempts a field goal, because she's like a kicker, she's not like a linebacker or anything. If she attempts a field goal. Yet. Yeah, then that's it. Glass ceiling's broken, and and there's all equality in the world. Sure, sexism is is solved. Izzy, do you get up for this? You're a gal. You're a gal in like a boy profession. Like, do you get up for this kind of stuff? Like when there's like these big like momentous like gender breaking scenarios. Yes, but also I think it's it's like a weird feeling because you get excited whenever you see you know a woman achieve something like that, and what it's like a men's world but it's also kind of like man why why is it like that like why do we have to be so excited when we see one woman there i feel like there should be so many more women and even here honestly i think i'm like the only like woman like sports reporter here i don't really see that many other ones here so it's it is a little bit odd and you kind of you, you know other people other women are capable of doing things like that but you just don't see them and it's it's great when you see them but it's also like sad that they don't get encouraged to do it more. It says well, here. I don't, think, I don't think it's that impressive because, as we all know, in 1991, playing for the Texas State University Fighting Armadillos, Ooh. a young Lucy Draper was the real first woman to kick a field goal during a game. Okay, I I mean that's a deep cut as far as the what was it the Texas State Armadillos is that what yes, it was? Yes, the uh, Texas State University Fighting Armadillos. Okay, so uh, no, I'm gonna go ahead and say no on that. Oh one. wait, my bad. That was a '90s comedy called Necessary Roughness. Okay, getting, there we go. I'm getting my fact and fiction <laughs> mixed up again, Fred. I'm so sorry. Sarah Fuller is Vanderbilt's. Uh, he's she's the goalkeeper for the soccer team. So she's an athlete through and through. So I, I mean, I'll tune in on this. This is one I would see. Like I'm, I mean, I'm obviously I'm from St. Louis. I'd, I've seen Mizzou play about a million games, but like I don't necessarily tune in anymore because they don't have Drew Locke anymore. But yeah, give me history every time. I'll watch history. I'm in on that. So ESPN. I'd be remiss not to give a shout out to Lobo legend Katie Nida, who was a uh, female kicker for the Lobos. Never met her. I don't know anything about that. No, she is the nicest person. I met her at um, last year. They had this event to introduce Coach Gonzalez and like the rest of the coaching staff. 
she was there and I was like, oh my gosh, I've seen her on Twitter. I was like, Loki fan girl in there. I was like, oh, she she's someone cool. And she was the nicest person, super, super um, down to earth. So yeah, definitely a legend. Today's varsity fan is is ladies and men's sports. Okay, so that's today's varsity. So today's well, there's varsity. There's only four. Well, we're gonna. It's gonna be a good <laughs> list. So, so we're gonna do that. So that's today's varsity. Is is gals doing it uh, the boy way? So that's that's today's varsity. Tune in at the end of the program for that. Um, Izzy, we recognize that you're the only gal sports reporter in town. That's why you're part of the show. Nothing to do with your talent. Oh. I'm so much better okay. about that. You're I, on a list now, Fred. Thank you, guys. <laughs> like, does she know sports? I think she maybe watched a basketball game. Yeah. Once, so, I saw, her in. I saw her wearing an NBA hat one time. I feel like she knows what's going on. Do you guys feel like, is it a thing? Is this a conversation or is this a dumb conversation? Where it's, should girls be allowed to play with boys? Is that like a dumb conversation? Because, like, for real, if she gets lit up, if there's like a blocked field goal and she like makes an effort to like recover the ball or make a tackle and someone just decletes her, like, do I feel weird about that? Because I'm telling you, I think I do. Well, it's no different from like a college athlete, regardless of sex, as long as you're the kicker. Like, what do. How many kickers actually look like elite-level athletes? Professional kickers get lit up all the time. Punters get lit up all the time. I think this one, like this situation, transcends sex. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. If you're the kicker, you're probably in danger at all times on the football field. Plus, I think the fact that she is going on the field, like, she knows. Like, she's watched football before. And I think, why would we feel weird if she doesn't feel weird about it? That's a really good point. But I'm telling you because I do at my core is why I'm telling you I feel weird. This is not table tennis. This is not, like, when we do the list, like, we'll have, like, somebody from tennis will be on the list. Like, that makes sense because you don't, like, the non-contact stuff I'm in. Danica Patrick, I'm in. Like, because no one can, can punch her. But, like, I would feel weird if, like, I don't know, Muhammad Ali's daughter tried to take on, like, Mike Tyson. Like, like if Layla Ali was like, I think I can keep up with the boys, I'd be like, no. Like, please Fred, don't. Fred, I, I, hear you, I hear you, and I mostly agree. But I think in this situation, it's more indicative of her being a kicker versus her being a woman. I don't think a lot – there's, like, I don't – I can't think of a single kicker in the history of football, who could take on Ray Lewis? Like, why does it matter what sex they are? Well, I mean, Pat McAfee is a WWE superstar now, so, I mean, I feel like okay. he's, got, he's got a strong possibility to... <laughs> but, like, what are the chances that they're going to be like, let's go all out for her? Like, they're, it, she's not the one they're going to be, like, aiming to take out. That's what, It's not practice. You can't just put, like, a I red jersey know. on them. It's, like, you're, you're giving, like, soft quarterback rules. I'm excited for her. I just don't want her... I just, I don't want no one to beat her up. That's all I'm saying. That's my one little takeaway. I'm like, I'm like sexist and terrible. I realize after everything no, it, I just it said. It is concerning, but like I said, like she knows what she's doing. I, I think yeah, she knows she's watch football, so she'll be fine. So uh, as Izzy Gonzalez says, she has it coming. What? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> oh. I 
said she's gonna be just fine. She knows what is gonna could possibly happen. I'm not saying it will happen, but she knows, and I think that's really cool. You know, you're gonna play football, and that's that's awesome. Izzy Gonzalez, you're yeah. Really I'm cool. really. I hope she drills a 65 yarder. Dave and Buster's, Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from all the studios. Powered by New Mexico Pinion, we play on Team I-9, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We're back on the program. We're in the final hour. Had a lot of fun the first two. That Brandon Mason get by Izzy, that was a big deal. That's a cool story. Isn't it? She's good at her job. Oh, my gosh, she's good at her job. What? Why does she slum with us? I don't care what her family says about her she's all no. right don't listen to them <laughs> don't listen to them i wanted her to hang out for one more segment and talk no. these new nba jerseys but contractually cool. speaking she can she does leave. one hour she does she does one hour then she's gone right I had breakfast for she her when she got over paid. here she does her job she does it well yes and she gets the hell away from you which That's is a smart <laughs> move she knows what's up. New NBA jerseys. What are you talking about? I didn't see this. Yeah, the new alternative kits are out. What? Yeah. I'm about to. I, all right, I'm Googling on air. They are fire. No, they're not. Yep. All right, I'm pulling them up. I'm, I'm clicking images as we speak. These seem boring. I don't see anything cool. Well, you got to look at the alternative ones. The, all right, uh, I see them. Yep, they're super yeah. cool. These are the coolest yep. things I've ever seen. Atlanta has a shot out to MLK. Get the MLK jerseys. The Bucks one is fire. The Bucks do their jerseys better than anyone. They're so good. Yeah, that's Dude, your the, stuff there, Vital. The Nets, for all of their faults, they have some really sweet eighties throwbacks. So good. I'm a big I'm a big like logo guy. That's I've always been like a big Golden State Warrior jersey fan. I like it when you have like like, don't just give me, like, your number and your team name on the front. Give me a little something to look at. Oh, dude, and the Charlotte Hornets are going back to the, the 90s throwbacks. Oh, oh my that, God, that, those are fire. You like that? Oh, I love them. <laughs> I used to have a Muggsy <laughs> Bogues Charlotte jersey. I had the starter jacket. You don't like these alternative jerseys, Vital? I like, this- I like alternative jerseys, what the teams are doing. I just don't like Charlotte's. Oh, okay. Them in that, particular. Yeah. I mean, I think my Milwaukee Bucks, that looks pretty cool. The Bucks are dope. Chicago's really cool. Utah. San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Utah does it good. Miami always does it good. So the Charlotte one that says Buzz City on the front, that's about as good as it gets. Those are so good. Okay. So at first, I was not in on what you were giving me. I was like, this is not good. But now, like after taking it in very briefly, these are all insanely good. Yeah, they're like doing it not, right this year. Yeah. City city edition, not alternates. Yeah, I'm so city used to edition. baseball calling them like the Sundays. No, this they're is not the, God, yeah, this is pretty brilliant stuff cuz it's all these city nicknames. Yeah. That's so good. The Motor City that looks like an oil can. That's so cool. The Valley, which is Phoenix. I know we got a lot of Phoenix fans yeah, here the, in the area. The Detroit one's pretty cool. Okay. I got a couple passes, though. I'm going to pass on Oklahoma. I think Memphis. I think the, thun- the Thunder one Memphis is garbage. Memphis is super average. 
That Detroit one you just talked about, Vital, I feel like that one I've seen before. The oil can style? Yeah, New I'm not Orleans really. is New Orleans is really good, too. Okay. All right, do me a favor, listener. Call the program, 505-246-0610. <laughs> Give me your credit card number because I need all of the city editions. I'm not like a Jersey guy proper, but I'm like a Jersey guy. Dude, Phoenix is good, too. The Valley. Yeah, I like that. Okay, yeah, these are pretty smart. It's the the lake. Okay, trail, trailblazers kind of missed. I like the stripes on the side, though. They always had the Rip City. Yeah, the Rip, Rip City's the best. Yeah, that's pretty clever branding. The NBA brand's better than anyone. And it's, and it's not close. It's not even close. It's not fair, yeah. I would even say. They started doing it right when David Stern gave up on the suit thing. When he started letting the players like show their personality and be themselves, the NBA just did it right after that. Like, highlight your players, let them have fun, show their personality, mm-hmm. engage the fans. Like, baseball is just now starting to do that in the past couple years. I don't want a Tyler Hero jersey because I hate Tyler Hero more than anyone who's ever lived, obviously, in the history of all sports. <laughs> but if you put a number 14 on this on like this super fresh Miami Heat 2021 city jersey, cool, I'll wear it. Sure. Okay, I am. Okay. Everything I've said about thinking this was a bad concept, I take back. The the Knicks, my team, you know the Knicks are my team. Like the Knicks are my team. I'm sorry. City never sleeps, New York Knicks. This is fire. Okay. So we're going to tweet this out. We're going to put this on our social media because I didn't think this would be as engulfing it as it is. They're really yeah, I, embracing it, and I like it. I like it a lot. Well, I like the embrace of color, too, because I feel like like, like marking-wise and logo-wise, there's been such a like movement towards like minimal looks and that this is not it. This is like all colors, all flavors. Like Put this thing under black light. It's loud. But, yeah, but, it, but it's but it's likable. That's the thing. And I love it that like everybody went like bright and flashy, yeah. and huge personality, yep. except, except for the, for the Lakers. Oh. <laughs> no. And the Celtics, the Celtics, it just says Boston Celtics in their original font, and it's the white on green, and it's supposed to look like their banners that are hanging. So it's an homage to their championship rafter banners. And I thought that was pretty smart too, but it's not not where nowhere close to being as cool as any of these teams. The Laker one is boring too. It's yeah. just white and blue. That's like throwback to Minnesota Lakers. It's the Minneapolis Laker look. Yeah, the yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah, which, yeah, which I think get get rid of that. No, and I love George Mikan. Just kidding. No one's ever said that. It's just that was World <laughs> War Two. They were there. I mean, they've been the in o- L.A. for years. Not one single lake in Los Angeles. Better than the Oakland jerseys is what Seth Curry wore on the golf course yesterday. Did you watch any of this on TNT? I did not. I missed that. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. So it was Seth Curry and Peyton Manning. Okay. So they're a twosome playing against – it was like a charity fundraiser playing against Charles Barkley and Phil Mickelson, the left. Oh, I already know who won. Well, of course. It was Phil Milkison and Charles Barkley, because you didn't know this. 
Charles Barkley spent all of COVID fixing his swing. <laughs> oh, did he now? He like like Charles Barkley has a legit approach now. I'm not joking. Like, there's no hitch. There's no one handy boy. There's no like he would just go out there and cut jokes, you know, for whatever, and you'd be like, oh, this is really entertaining. I'm super in. He's now also talented at golf. Like that's, it was that's dangerous. And as far as personalities go, those are four of the best. Like not just in sports, just period. Like so, this thing was was hilarious. Vital, I bet I, you didn't get. Oh, go ahead. I man. love how Peyton Manning grew a personality. Like oh, Charles yeah. Barkley, Charles Barkley always had one. Peyton Manning used to be like this hum humdrum, boring vanilla dude, and over time, like he's he pretty is, funny. He is hilarious, yeah. and he's so much fun. And he's one of the boys. Like, on the thing last night, I'm watching it, and, and like, Chuck is just ripping into him. The whole, like, they can't, like, they can't be at a tee box without Chuck just, like, poking a joke. And I'm like, I'm like this is, like, this is what the course <laughs> is. This is hanging out with the boys. Hey, hey Peyton, man, you're, you're a knucklehead, man. You can't lean over sideways or your big old head make you fall down, man. <laughs> <laughs> You better, you better be careful when you're swinging that club, man. You're going to fall over. Your head tilt to the side, man. Exit stage left. <laughs> He's asking, is Cooper a better golfer, too? That, that's always the joke, <laughs> right? Like, Cooper is better than Peyton and everything. It was really – I if you, I don't know if TNT is going to reshow it this weekend. or It was just really clever and funny. And they raised a bunch of money. I don't have the charity in front of me or what it was for. But that kind of stuff I love. Like, I love those, like – and they had, like – um I don't really know how the technology works, but they're all wearing like an AirPod, right? So you're catching everything they're saying. Nice. So, yeah, so it wasn't even like, oh, hey, we know the microphone's here. Let's drop our best joke. This was just like boys being boys. And it was. Man, that sucks. I can't believe I missed out on this. This looks like a good old time. This one yeah, flew oh, under my radar. Yeah, I didn't know it was up until it was up. And then I got like one of those, like, uh, you know, I follow TNT because I'm a big all elite wrestling fan. And they were like. <laughs> They were like, oh, we'll target this guy for golf because he likes pro wrestling. And they, they were right. Like, I love this thing. This is, this is that insight we were talking about. Do you remember – oh, gosh, and we're going to talk about baseball after the break. But do you remember whenever we were talking about, like, what could be done during, like, this weird season to, like, really spark interest with COVID and the playoffs? And we were like, just put microphones on everyone. Like, sure. that's what this is. Like, I've been saying that for years. Do you think it's, like, a difference with exhibition versus, like, competitive, though? Because in exhibition, like, you expect, like, the hoop and the holla and the and – the, I don't – what, what I want to say, like, the production of it, the fun. But, like, in competition, that's a different audio clip. Like, in competition, that's, like, not safe for life. Totally. I – Yeah, this <laughs> – okay. Yeah, okay. And then – the TNT trio was roasting them the whole time. This sounds like a good time, man. It I'm, was I'm brilliant. Bummed. I missed it was out the most on this. Bru- yeah, and I, I don't even know why I didn't contact you to be like, hey, turn this thing on. Yeah. I wasn't thinking. Turn but this like, thing on. We could do we could do a whole hour on this. It was it was it was fire. It was just fire. Like and it was one of those things. Where Vital, like, you're the producer. You're supposed to text us about this. Yeah, stuff. Vital, figure it out, guy. Had no there. idea. On, I had no idea they were getting together, especially during the holiday. You, that's the part that was a little – I don't know when it was recorded. I would assume it was live. I guess I don't really know that. Um, but they picked the right guys, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, they did. Chuck yeah, so is it's... Chuck is funny because him and Shaq go at it, but Chuck's always got to go after somebody. Sure. Well, that's right up his alley. And then, um, uh, I mean, Manning, I think he's funny. I think all these Oh, man, are... Steph, that, that, shot was, that shot was terrible, Steph. What, what's your brother doing today, man? <laughs> <laughs> you kill me with those. Like, I can't handle it. Dude, he – Okay, Charles Barkley didn't fix his swing that much. Yes, he did. Because <laughs> it's not that much better. He can hit it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not not that I think for better. I think it works okay. for him, but he Anyways. he's been a bad golfer for a long time. It's on the fairway, isn't it? Isn't it on the fairway? Five zero five two four six zero six ten. Who has a worse golf swing than Charles Barkley? They gave him Phil Mickelson to turn his water into wine. Okay. Charles Barkley pours wine now. Grabbing a break. When we get back, baseball talk. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the at homes, 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 homes studios. Powered by New Mexico Pinion. We play on Team I 9, 95.9 FM, AM 6 minutes, the sports animal. We're back and we're talking baseball. It's round ball, Van. We're talking baseball. Oh, you talking about my favorite? Talking about your favorite. Free agency and base. It's hot stove talk, okay? So I got the top free agents, all right? Okay. Are any of them going to get paid? No one's getting paid. No one is going to get paid. Everyone's in the red from last year. Everyone knows they're going to be in the red again this year, and no one wants to cash any checks. No one wants to sign any checks. No one's getting a deal. No one's going to get that big money deal. I think all of the top free agents are going to have to settle for either like a one or two year prove it deal or get pennies on the dollar for what they would have been worth any other year except for 2020. What's the biggest signing thus far? Charlie Morton? Yeah, and that's only one year, 15 million, which is a steal. It's a steal. Charlie Morton is like 25, 30 million dollars worth of pitcher. He had a, a prove-it deal in Tampa Bay when he left Houston, and he puts up as good a numbers as anybody in baseball, and he only got $15 million, so it's going to be rough for everybody this year. There are a bunch of guys that have been designated for assignment that I don't necessarily think would have been designated for assignment, which is basically release. I mean, let's say it like it is, right? Sure. So when you're designated, uh, that's at your major league obligation is done um other teams can pick you up at your at your current contract blah 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 um and if they don't the team doesn't have to send you to the minors they can cut you loose so exactly yeah baseball has the weirdest rules for getting players off of your roster and if you're a sports fan and you don't completely understand how baseball works as far as contracts and the rosters go don't beat yourself up. Most no. of it is archaic and silly. And also, we don't understand either. Like, we're just, like, we're pretending. Like, we, <laughs> I, I have a very loose concept of it. Like, but if, for real, if we're talking, like, arbitration, non-tendered, uh, trade eligible, um, designated for assignment, free agency, restricted free agency, unrestricted free agency, there's, I mean, there's about a million of them. There's about a million different, like, considerations when it comes to players so 
The guys that are unrestricted, those are the ones that are easiest, right? Those are the ones you can just hand money to, and they end up somewhere or whatever. But there's no money right now. There's zero dollars in baseball. Yeah, the only guy who's going to do really well this offseason is Mike Clevenger. He got a two-year deal to get Tommy John surgery. Ooh, good get. He blew his his elbow, and instead of the Padres releasing him or putting him through arbitration and getting a sweetheart deal because he's going to be injured, they sign him for two years. One of them, he's going to be injured. So he's not even going to play at all next year. No. So he's going to get, what, 20-ish, 20 million? You're going to get 20 million to play one year. Two-year contract, 20 million, and he's going to get only play one year of it. So he might be the only guy getting paid this year. It's a weird balance, too, because, like, I'm just going to throw out a scenario, right? Like, Justin Turner in L.A., right? So he's going to leave for money. He should leave for money. Like, I, I right. get it. Like, you won the ship. You got to go. But then you, you would think, like, in a traditional year, the Dodgers would turn around and sign a guy like DJ LeMayu from the Yankees and pay him everything. Right. So, like, so a guy like DJ LeMayu doesn't get, like, that. And although he's already, like, like filthy rich and unbelievably rich and we can't even, like, start to, like, even understand that amount of money. But he doesn't get that contract that is, like, Oh, that's what DJ LeMay was worth. Because he should be, if not, he should be one of the highest paid free agents this offseason. He won't get it. He'll get yeah, DB I mean, Gregorius money. Yeah, JT Romuto, George yeah. Springer, Trevor Bauer, uh, uh, Justin Turner, you said. Marcus uh, DJ LeMayhew, you said. These guys would make big bucks normally. George Springer. But either they're going to have to take hometown discounts or, like I said, have a, have a prove-it deal. Um, I mean, and, and you mentioned the Dodgers. They're in a very unique position that they have all the money in the world, and they also have a really good farm system. So if they wanted to make a play, they don't get a sweetheart deal from Justin Turner, and his asking price is too high. They have the, they have the finances. They have the budget. And they have the prospects to go after a guy like Nolan Arenado, who the Rockies can't afford. They made a very foolish move, giving him all that money. Mm-hmm. And now they have to dump him to save salary and hopefully get some, uh, some international money and some, some prospects out of it. When he gets dumped, it won't be the entire contract. Like They'll end up absorbing some of that money. Yeah, like a, a Red Sox, a Yankees, yeah. a Dodgers, Nationals maybe, Cubs maybe. There's only a small handful of teams that can afford a contract like that. So the team, the mid-market team, the lower-market team who has a giant contract like that, you know you have to take a hit. That's just bad management. Every baseball team on earth wants a guy like Nolan Arenado, but if you're a mid-market or a small-market team – you can't give somebody that like $300 million and expect for him to hang out for 10 years when your team's underperforming. I mean, it's, it's their bad. And now someone else is going to reap the benefits and get him on a discount. Always in the mix is my hometown team, the St. Louis Cardinals, like every year when this Nolan Arenado conversation comes up. 
But, like, a lot of those teams don't necessarily have the farm system anymore that, like, the Rockies would be looking for. Because the idea yeah. is, like, hey, if we're going to give you this guy who can put you over the top, because Nolan Arenado can. He's a guy that you would love to have at a corner. He's a guy you'd love to have in the middle of the lineup. Um, and then from everything you hear, clubhouse guy, all that kind of cliche stuff. But if we're going to absorb – if I'm the Colorado Rockies and I'm going to absorb, like, part of that salary, then – I'm going to need a lot back. Like, I'm going to need more. Like, if if I'm giving you Nolan Arenado in his contract, cool. Like, maybe give me a couple guys and this whole thing works out and, and my hands are clean. But if I'm still paying, like you, like, you have to give me, like, several of, like, your top ten, top dozen, like, prospects. And I just don't necessarily know if there's a team out there that's willing to do that, um, period. Because, like, the teams that have the best, like – the Rays and who else has a really good farm system right now? Um, Washington Nationals, yeah, the White yeah. Sox. That's a good one too. Padres, like, White Sox, Dodgers, Rays. Like yeah. the, those teams don't need to do it because you're going to get more production out of those young talents and at a less cost than what you're going to get with Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. So I think the Rockies are going to be like kind of in hard times on trying to to shop old boy for the deal that they would have gotten like a less COVID world. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you get Nolan Arenado, especially if you get money back with him, you got to give up your three, four biggest prospects and a handful of lottery tickets too. We're talking like five or six players for one. My all-time favorite baseball player and my uh, worst nightmare ever, Yadier Molina is a free agent right now. Okay. I know he's not the most like, like exciting name. I know he's not the most like turn your head kind of guy. But as far as catchers go, over the last twenty years, you will not find anyone even in the same conversation. With that said, it does not look like my Cardinals are going to resign him. It looks like he's going to end up in the East Coast and probably New York, one of those two teams. I tell you Isn't what, that insane. That's, I, that's like what we should do. The I nine varsity. The I nine varsity today should be players who will look silly in another jersey. Oh, and I man. think Yadier Molina is one of the big ones. Like he's he's an obvious Hall of Famer. Yes. He's not not unanimous, maybe not first ballot, but he's 100% for sure Hall of Famer. <laughs> he's 100% for sure Hall of Famer, and he should retire a Cardinal, have his whole career with the Cardinals, and it's kind of looking like he's not going to be able to do that, right? Isn't that that is just so bizarre to me. It's so bizarre to see like the face of your franchise go, you know, like Tom Brady in Tampa or like uh, David Beckham and and wherever. Like the idea is like <laughs> to just lose what you had. You know, the, like there's some dudes that are identifiable. You know, John always a Bronco, Peyton Manning's not. You right. know, and it's and it's a whole other phase. But that I mean, I'm wearing a Cardinals hat right now. Like this is I mean, that's this one's got me a little messed up and not as much as like when Albert Pools left the Cardinals years ago, I was like, Oh, this sucks, but he still had ten more playing years left and it made sense, go get the money. Yari Molina's thirty eight. Like you are thirty eight, man. Like you can't squat down that many innings in a year. Like like this thing's over. Like I can't squat down that once a week. Are no, you kidding me? No, no. No. I, I don't got the I don't got the knees for that. I have a squatty potty. Gumption for that. No. He's gonna be yeah, he'll be a Met or he'll be Yankee or maybe a national. Like he'll end up like out in that part of the world, Philadelphia. Like those are some teams that are gonna go and get my boy. And then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get a jersey. 
There's a <laughs> totally right. Because I still love it. I'll, I'll never. If I'm if I'm the Cardinals, I try to get a hometown discount, keep him around, give him a couple days off a week, have him train the young guy. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't make any sense to me at all because he can still play. He's got. A, he can still play. Oh, he can still play. absolutely. He played all season. He played all last season. He he's literally played every season. He catches. He's behind the plate every single day. And I think the play with like the St. Louis Cardinals is similar to the way they lost Albert Pools. So they lose Albert Pools to the Angels, and it's, um, hey Albert, come over here to Anaheim. By the way, you're for some reason in on the ownership group of the team now. Something weird. But if the Cardinals would be like, like for instance, uh, he has Y Yadier Molina has YM4. M4 is like his branding logo. Well, if the Cardinals were to be like, hey, we'll keep your apparel in the clubhouse for the next 25 years, then Yadier right. Molina is like, okay, yes, like that is. That's the income we need. Like, like Benji Molina, like, host a podcast based out of St. Louis. So if the Cardinals were like, hey, we'll leave access to your brother to be able to do this thing forever. By the way, you want to coach after you're done playing? We got you set up. By the way, you want to live in Puerto Rico where you're from? You can run all of our feeder stuff down there. But the, that's how, like, if the Cardinals were to retain this, and this goes for all superstars that are – And that's, that are, that's the play they make right here, right? You, you make have them, to. You make them a player coach. Something. You make him a you make him a future or the organiz- you make him like a ambassador to the Caribbean. He gets yeah. to have his own baseball camp in the Caribbean. He reports to the team. He's you know he's part of the ownership group, the management group, mm-hmm. and like you you have him never ever wear another jersey. Correct. You call Hulu. You set up a flying Molina TV show. You did like you do everything in your power. Because that's sure. how creative we got to get now. Like, not we, the St. Louis Cardinals, but we, Major League Baseball. Because Major League Baseball doesn't have the money they had. But what Major League Baseball can do is they can invest into, like, like future multiple streams of income for these guys. And I think you're going to end up with some, like, really clever stuff. Like, LeBron James-esque kind of stuff where it's like, hey, you're in as a player, but you're also the coach. You're also the GM. You're also, we're going to let you, you know, shoot Space Jam in the offseason. And there's there's going to be yeah. all these other things. Um, but that, that's where I'm at on it. I, money's not going to be able to talk, so things are going to get very exciting. You know, every time I negotiate a new contract with a job, I make sure I get Christmas off. Like, you know, that's – LeMahieu oh, to the Mets, Justin Turner to the Yankees, Arenado to the Dodgers. Watch it happen. No. None of that will stand true. <laughs> David Buster's presents ABQ Central live from, and I just counted, Van, we're on two planets worth of studios at this point. Powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, we play on Team I-9, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. I got breaking college football news here, Van. Uh-oh. You ready? Hit me with it. Virginia, uh, Cavaliers, Florida State, Seminoles, they canceled. Florida State canceled another one? Yep. Postponed amid five for them. Coronavirus issues. I don't blame them. They're pretty bad now. Should have never never started the season. What a waste. What a waste. Vital, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Women's basketball got canceled too, the Florida State. I mean, if you stop. I mean, don't start, but if you got to stop and then start again and stop and start again, I mean, like we're seeing here with the top Power Five conferences, what what's what is it worth? I don't know if you know this, Vital, <laughs> but uh, a lot of these kids playing football, they're college students. Yes. 
They have to show up and go to class. They're not just sitting around in the bubble waiting to play football. I mean, that's, that's why you get to go to college for free, right? You play football. These guys got to go to class. They got to go to Zoom meetings online. They got to study. You can't just keep turning them on and off and have them hanging at the plane hanger all the time. Like, let these kids have a life. You call it the plane hanger. <laughs> <laughs> the, the NFL. Is, they can't sit on the tarmac. The NFL is fully aware that no one adheres to social distancing and COVID-19 rules in respect to Thanksgiving. So they've told all teams to close in-person activities Monday and Tuesday at their facilities unless you play Monday or Tuesday because I guess the Ravens and the Steelers are going to play Tuesday now. So ye of little faith is the NFL. Sure. (laughs) Close it down. What? What? I watched – I haven't gotten all the way through it because life happens. But a hard knocks this year, the two L.A. teams. Did you catch all that? I didn't watch it. No, I need to turn it off. It It started off really good. It started off really good. It's one of my favorite seasons so far. Oh, okay. I'll check it out. They they took COVID super seriously at first. Like, and if they would have kept that kind of rigor the whole time, I think they would have done pretty well. But it seems like no one's wearing masks on the sideline anymore. They're not breaking down in the smaller groups. Teams are all practicing together. And then you're seeing situations not as bad as the Ravens, but almost every single team in football is experiencing like a a Ravens-esque breakout. And it's probably going to continue to get worse. Like the Ravens probably had it worse than any team in the league so far, right? It's the worst in professional sports. Yeah. Games tomorrow, Van. You ready? Hit me. Miami at the Jets. Okay, well, that's a bye week for Miami. Congratulations, Dolphins. (laughs) Cardinals at the Patriots. Uh, Cardinals are way better than people give them credit for. They're exciting. They're fun to watch. Yeah. If the Cardinals were in any other division in football, they might be the best team in football. Uh, Cardinals, easily. At Patriots. No, gosh. Whoa, Vital. That's wrong, Vital. Uh, uh, no, because Belichick does a good job of uh, of uh, game planning against young quarterbacks, always. Ooh. Also, congratulations to Bill Belichick on six losses through ten games. So the quarterbackless Panthers are at the Vikings. Yeah, what's going on there? Who are they playing the kicker? Who gets I, to play I, quarterback for? I really don't know. I think Walker. It's the, he he was the he played Houston last Ruffnick. week. Yeah. Yeah. But so, is it Walker hurt? I think Bridgewater he's hurt. and Walker are both hurt, aren't they? They're all uh, hurt. Yeah, he's he's banged up, but they said Walker's going to play. Oh, well, there you go. All right, well, I got Dalvin Cook and the Vikings at home. It looks here as if Teddy Bridgewater returned to practice yesterday. So I missed that while watching okay. golf on TNT. So you probably will not see Will Greer lace up against the Minnesota Vikings. You said you got the Vikings? That's what you said? Yeah, I got yeah, Dalvin same. Cook. Uh, Cleveland Browns are going. They have a bye week against the Jaguars, so that's very exciting. Yeah, good for um, them. They the deserve t- Titans at Colts. This is a pretty good little matchup. Yeah, this is a toss-up. This is about as 50-50 as it gets for me right here. 
Um, I like the Colts because they have one of the best defenses, if not the best defense. And I think they match up really well against Derrick Henry. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Bet the under if you like to gamble. I'll take the Colts. I'm going to take the Titans on the road. Um, the Titans. Yeah, I think that although I really like Phillip Rivers, I love everything you're giving me with that. Um, Henry, greater than the world. The 3-7 so and seven, three and seven New York Giants are favored, Van, against the Cincinnati Bengals. How exciting for them, first time all year. Yeah, um, well, they're the Burrowless Bengals. They're the Mixon-less Bengals. They're the A.J. Green-less Bengals. So I will take the Giants against this ragtag bunch from Ohio. Giants are playing better, and they're, they have a shot at the division, which is hey, really Daniel, crazy. Hey, Daniel Jones is legit good. If they can wrap a good team around him, they might do something. Need some running back help. The San Diego Chargers will lose to the Buffalo Bills, true or false? That is very true. You yeah. know I'm a big Bills guy. You know I'm a big Josh Allen guy. If the, the Chiefs falter, I got the Bills in the Super Bowl. But uh, Bills this week for sure. I got the Chargers. They got to win one of these close games. Ooh-wee. It'll be cold in New York. I don't like San Diego in the cold. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to Atlanta. I just I don't I know Atlanta's got three wins, and I'm surprised about all three of them. Um, I got the Raiders on the road. Yeah, I got the Raiders winning easy. Uh, the Falcons. I don't know what happened to that skill group. They're having a really down year. They weren't too great last year either, but I expected more out of them this year. I think it's going to be an easy win for the Raiders. A Raiders four and one on the road this year. It's pretty good. Vital in an NFC West matchup. The 49ers are at the Rams. I think I'm going to take the Rams at home. But if you said 49ers, it'd be hard for me to argue. I like the Rams defense. Yeah, I got the Rams as well. Maybe if it was a couple weeks from now and the 49ers were at full strength, I might say Niners, but I got Rams. New Orleans Saints are going to beat up on the Denver Broncos. In Denver, I am a Taysom Hill mark. Broncos won two in a row. The defense is playing a lot better. I like Denver. Yeah, I like Denver to beat the spread, not to win the game. So if you're a betting man, take Broncos in the points. Uh, Saints win in a squeaker. Be done with all your leftovers by 225 because that's when the Chiefs will be at the Buccaneers, and that's my game of the week. Tom Brady over the Chiefs, true or false? Uh, super false. Tom Brady couldn't hit the broadside of a barn the last few weeks. All he has is dump offs to his running backs and little dinkers to Rob Gronkowski. If Tom Brady starts playing like Tom Brady, who knows? The sky's the limit for the Bucks. But I see another easy win for the Chiefs. Really, Tampa Bay is inconsistent. I like the Chiefs. When we get back from the break, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night football, and today's I-9 varsity, that's women in sports. Well, boy sports. Ah, I'll define it when we get back. Dave Musters presents ABQ Central live from the studios. Powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program, 
Ben, we had a lot of fun today. We had a lot of fun with Izzy Gonzalez when she came on from the Layer NM. Talked to uh, talked Lobos. Isn't she good. the best? She's so good. We don't deserve her. No. Brandon Mason coming on to announce the TBT team that New Mexico alumni is putting together. So that's an exciting, fun little deal. That's a fun Breaking little deal. Breaking news, right? Isn't that Look something? Look at us. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that one. Um, and then uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap up these last three NFL games. Then we'll be on to today's I-9 varsity. So that's, that's about as good as it could have been as far as my expectations were. Sunday Night Football, your Packers are playing. They're hosting the Chicago Bears. You got you got your boys in green at home? Oh, yeah, even though the Bears always play them tough in Lambeau. But the Packers have a quarterback. The other team doesn't. Yeah, the Bears always overperform against the Packers. But just like Vital said, they don't have anyone to play quarterback for them. They unfortunately have Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles on the roster. And I don't think either one of those guys are going to show up. Packers easy. They're not very good. They're not very good at all. Monday Night Football, Seahawks at Eagles. Um, I love Seattle and primetime games. They are just always entertaining. I got Seattle on the road uh, beating up on Philadelphia pretty easily. Yeah, I got Seattle. I mean, the Eagles has had a really rough year, but I think they're going to bounce back big time. They're going to outscore the Seahawks. Their defense is going to step up, is what an idiot would say. Seahawks very easily. <laughs> well, Wentz is so inconsistent. It's kind of hard to pick <laughs> pick the Eagles with Wentz. I mean, he's so up and down. Yeah. That was the joke. La- <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, uh, it's Thanksgiving part deux on Tuesday as the Ravens will play the Steelers allegedly. The Ravens obviously without their quarterback. The Steelers undefeated. Who you boys got? Hit me, Vitale. Well, I, I think the the Ravens are overrated. I think their quarterback is, but I hope he plays. Hope he gets he gets better. And uh, the the Steelers are just too much. They're too balanced. So we talked about how the Steelers were the overrated ones, and they haven't played anybody good all year except for the Titans. The Ravens have been grossly underperforming this year. Lamar Jackson's a shell of himself, but who I have winning this game is COVID-19. They're not going to play this game. <laughs> this game will not be played at all. Could be right. The game's going to be canceled. Bet on COVID. There you have it. There's your NFL pick for the week. It's the I-9 Varsity van. Today's I-9 Varsity is uh, gender-breaking women in sports, okay? So it's the varsity of ladies playing against the boys, okay? Okay. All right, so I'm going to lead. I'm going to take the first one. All right. And this one is hyperbole because I don't think it's actually ever happened. So I'm going to go with Ronda Rousey. I say Ronda okay. Rousey. She has to practice against boys, right? You would think. Yeah. So, so I'm going to say Ronda Rousey is in the mix of uh, like greatest gals to do it against the boys. Okay. Well, I I didn't prepare very well for this. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I have I have some stipulations here. Yes. Because I think every sport is a woman's sport. Okay. I mean, we used a female kicker in football as the example for this I nine varsity. So I think women can compete with men at any sport if they're an upper-level, upper-echelon athlete. Okay. But it just so happens that we were using football as an example, 
And uh, a lot of women would die if they took a, uh, stepped onto a football field. I would die. Yes, Fred, you would yes. die. You're six and a half feet tall, and you would die yes. on a I'm football a field. I'm a target. So I honestly, for the first time in the history of the ABQ Central, I-9 Varsity, don't have a good answer Ooh. because I consider women equal in just about every area except for NFL football. So <laughs> I don't have an answer. I'm going to – okay. Well, then I'm going to take you down a journey with me because I have some, okay? Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to take you back six years to when Monet Davis was running through the Little League World Series and she was oh, just striking that's really out good every one. kid that she saw. She could hang. She hangs. Okay. Okay. And in that spirit, I'll go with uh, Danica Patrick. Yes, Danica Patrick. She could hang with the boys. Billie Jean King. Okay. Very good. Very good. And that was my choice. Yeah, that's the classic, like, battle of the sexes. Like, that's a a big one. Um, If we're we're talking about, okay, not, didn't really jump into the men's league. But Cheryl Miller, yeah, Cheryl Miller's on Reggie the list. Miller, yeah, is the best basketball player in her family and dominates Reggie one on one. So Cheryl Miller, oh yeah, Cheryl Miller, a hundred percent. Jenny Finch could strike me out, but she doesn't throw a baseball. Um, yeah. personal friend of mine, she struck life. out Albert Pujols, right? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, it was super sweet. Um. My personal friend in real life, Lindsay Eversmeyer, was the first woman to play major indoor arena soccer. Um, I've done a lot of radio with her, so she's just a person I'd like to mention because she was the first woman to break that barrier. Linda Cohn, sports center announcer, who I've fallen asleep to multiple times, like for thousands of nights in my life. Yeah, she's a, she's a goalie. She plays with the boys in hockey. Um, I got my number one here, though. Are you ready, Van? Hit me with it. China. Okay. <laughs> so China, in my opinion, is the greatest female athlete to play with the boys. That's my answer. All right. I got, a, I got an honorable mention. All right, Babe Didrikson Zaharias. Who? Babe Didrikson Zaharias. She's a track and field star, a decorated Olympian. She was putting up numbers that were just as good as men in her day. Okay, I'll buy that. I mean, I don't know the story, but I'll buy that. Isn't there, China. Isn't, isn't, you always have to sprinkle in wrestling. You don't, you don't feel like China could hang? I mean, she was the intercontinental champion. Not only – hey, not only would she hang, she would murder me in a matter of seconds. Yes. That's not what I'm saying. And, like, like proud feminist, like sex symbol, like – First woman in the Royal Rumble. Like, do you want me to keep running the list here? Like, King of the Ring tournament. Like, star multiple adult films. Like, pioneer. Like, she was a pioneer. <laughs> she was in adult films? You not? You guys aren't buying that? You don't? Just work, work the Google, boys. I promise you. I promise you it's there. Hey, what, isn't there, like, a generation of, like, young, like, like, like Japanese baseball pitcher, like, gal? Like only throwing knuckleballs because of that. Who's the name of the guy Van that played for the Red Sox? Um, oh shoot, With the, who's the guy that had the the spiral ball or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? Gyro oh, ball. Oh, uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka. 
Yeah, so there's now like 10 years later or however long it's been, 15 years later, there's like a whole generation of like young gals in Japan that throw – if you haven't looked into this, look into this. It's a real thing where they just throw like these junk knucklers, like Necro style, and, and just eat people up. Um, but none of them are, are Billie Jean King. She's the one. So, Or China. China's the one. You're not buying it. You're not buying it at all. <laughs> we had a good program today. Vital, you did so good. I know it's on the mic with Mike Adams and Micah Frankel after this. Obviously, we're going to be breaking down UFC and everything in the MMA world. Any final words, man, before we go? Uh, too much for the time allotted, my friend. Vital, you did so good today. Miss you guys in studio. Have a good weekend. Good job, everyone. GG. See you next week, Burke. And Arizona and the world. <laughs>